Oh, all right, Nate. I am all set and ready for our podcast. Is that some new eyewear you got there? Nope, nope. This is the Oculus Quest. This is it's a it's a the headset, a virtual reality, man. Okay, well, I mean that's that's awesome, and you know, I mean, technically, yeah, we talk games and stuff, but I just I don't know if this is gonna affect your work. I mean, you can't see me right now. No, it's, it's cool. I can hear you. I can hear you just fine. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm sorry. Is that? Sorry, that's a droid. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. I can, I can, I can work just fine. I mean, are you sure? Because, I mean, I get we're a podcast. We're not a visual medium, but you're, you're staring at a wall. Dude, I'm all right. I'm just going to go this way and, and just. No, nope, that's the escalator. That's me. the. E- Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess we can just start the show. Enjoy your stay, What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fun club. Don't get excited. Welcome back, scoundrels, to another episode of Cloud City Casino. Uh, coming to you a little more frequently than we have been in the past, which is awesome. And I am your host and administrator of this facility, Michael Morris, and the slightly broken but still here and still uh, championing it out, Nathan P. Butler. I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, I am I am stoked as our intro suggests. Um, Oculus Quest, baby. Uh, you got me with all that talk of Vader Immortal last time, and I had the little notification set up to email whenever it becomes available. And on the day the pre-orders became available, it was like, like, come get it! So I hopped on Amazon and uh, uh, pre-ordered the 128-gigabyte version and the, the little carrying case and everything. Now I'm just hoping that Amazon has enough stock that I'll actually get it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked. But the thing is... You know, pre-orders you expect to be months down the line. Right. Yeah, it's releasing on May 21st. It's releasing less than three weeks from the day we're recording this. And Vader Immortal Episode 1 is releasing at launch. So within a month, I'll be able to actually experience Vader Immortal instead of just watching the, you know, the clips and stuff that they, and the previews that they have on YouTube. So, so it's super stoked. But yeah, yeah. I remember last episode you referred to VR I think you used the word gimmick. I mean, it, and I, and I didn't drive honest, up there to is. meet you. I mean, it kind of is. I'm more forgiving. I like gimmicks. Look, man, I buy I buy action figures, right? And they've been loaded with gimmicks for years. So uh, gimmick isn't necessarily a bad thing. I'm also a wrestling fan, and, and gimmick is used uh, in multiple different ways there, and neg- very rarely as a negative. Um, so gimmick doesn't mean bad um well in the case of wrestling it never mind hey 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 it's all right it's all right you like your c movies that's fine uh the, the acting is superb uh, <laughs> so um i guess the other thing i did want to mention here kind of right off the bat we were talking about this a little bit before the show is just in case we have anybody who's also following the youtube channel because i tend to you know whenever we talk about fantasy flight stuff i tend to point them over there if they want to see it um, so just kind of a heads up to folks. Um, I will continue to cover Imperial Assault, but I'm not going to be covering the skirmish maps anymore because I was buying them, reviewing them, and never using them. 
And that's a lot of space and money taken up for something I'm never really going to touch because I prefer the campaign mode. And then uh, Legion, you've heard on this show how much I loathe and despise putting together Legion minis, especially since I don't paint them. Uh, I'm basically done with Legion, except the stuff I already have pre-ordered. Because if I cancel the pre-orders, I won't be able to continue pre-ordering stuff through that particular site. Um, so once all the pre-orders are in, which would be the playmats, the... Uh, Sabine and Bosk, the downed ATST, the Tauntaun and the Rebel Veteran. Once those are in my hands, and I also get up the reviews I just recorded for the two new things, the Land Speeder. Yeah, baby's all excited. Uh, the <laughs> Ooh, Land Speeder! The, uh, uh, the Occupier tank. Um, once I get all those reviews out, that will be it for my coverage. So I basically came to that, you know, kind of the point of what we talked about a couple episodes ago, which is the, oh my gosh, they're doing Legion for Clone Wars era! And I was like, oh, that's another giant set and a whole bunch more money spent. Especially since I, the Occupier Tank and the Land Speeder that I just recorded the reviews for, yeah. um, retail, those two vehicles, $110 total. Right. I I can't continue to justify that for stuff that I'm not really playing much mm -hmm. and yeah. that I despise putting together that feels like more of a chore every time than something fun. So we'll continue talking about it. I'll continue following it and researching it and that sort of thing. Um, but from the standpoint of actually reviewing the physical items on the YouTube channel for Legion, that's going to be sort of tapering off too. I just, I, I like to think that it's just made me more mature now that I have a child being like, we need to be more judicious with our funds. But it's more just me being like, screw these skirmish maps and this Legion stuff. I'm tired <laughs> of the glue. Uh, it's much no, more petty you. than... No, I hear you. And I mean... <laughs> And looking at it from a couple other aspects too, uh, Fantasy Flight can die in a fire. Wait, nope, sorry, that's not it. That uh, now, that, now, now. That was they, personal opinion. They've been uh, great for years. It's just that it's celebration. They took a a a, a poor, poorly designed route. Right, um, right. I know, I know. This it's the. <laughs> It's the Death Star DLC all over again. I'm aware. I know, but if someone um, was nice for years and then they came up and punched you in the face, you're gonna be kind of flustered for. Yeah, I, I, I feel so. It. But but in all seriousness, um, you know, with Imperial Assault, yeah, you know the the flip mats aren't that exciting. Let's be honest. I mean, it's it's definitely usable if you're playing, but if that's all you're getting, okay. Um, as for the uh, the Legion, the Legion. I don't know why I added the little article there, but anyhow, that's a five hundred first reference right there, right? right. So, the or Rebel Legion. <laughs> As for that, yeah, like you said, they're they are pumping out stuff, and and I get it, and especially as as many times as we've complained about not getting um, any new product, you know, they've certainly went the other way. But our wallets can only handle so much. And as, of course, you were also going to bring up, uh, since 2.0, X-Wing has also been coming fast and furious oh, yeah. with the, yeah. the updates. Every, every wave has been just enormous because they're trying to push out the reissues and push out the new stuff at the same time. And I guess the idea is that you would expect people to use the conversion kits for their old ships, except the ships are coming with slightly new models in some cases, different paint. Um, and some people like me just want to have one of everything right. um, from a collection standpoint. So you wind up with these giant, giant waves. We'll talk about wave five. In fact, do you want to hit that real quick before we start talking more celebration so we can focus on celebration for the rest of the episode? Yeah, because I mean, I don't have much to say sure. on this. So. Um, so just, you know, they've announced uh, wave five for X-Wing. They announced it a few weeks ago. 
And this is going to be the reissued Ghost, except this time, instead of having the original Phantom with it, which is what was with the original Ghost, if you picked it up, uh, and then you would get the Sheathapede shuttle later. Um, the Sheathapede shuttle is actually the, you know, the Phantom 2 is actually the one that's included with it this time. Yeah. Um, pretty sure it was separate before. Um, yeah, it was. And it then was you've got uh, the Punishing One, right? So Dengar's ship, uh, and the Inquisitor's tie, the uh, tie advanced. Uh, V1 instead of X1. Uh, I always think version one. And the uh, interceptor, the, uh, what was it, M3A interceptor? Yeah. Um, yep. Those are all uh, reissues of one kind or another. Um, I know the interceptor is a different color scheme. I'm not sure about the others. They look a little bit different, but I haven't really done a, a side-by-side comparison. But then the two new ships being released are uh, for the Separatists and the Republic. For the Separatists, you have... Uh, the Nantex class starfighter, um, which is basically, uh, he's excited yeah. again. He's like, he's like, oh, oh, he's, oh, oh he likes new that ships, <laughs> new ships, baby. <laughs> he's like, I don't care about these reissues. Yep, exactly, literal baby. Um, we got yeah, the Nantex class. It's basically um, the uh, Geonosian ship, the Geonosian starfighter. Um, that looks a lot like the Solar Sailor to me, but I think it's just, it's just that Geonosian Starfighter. Right. And then you've got the other Y-Wing for the Republic, the one that's more like the Clone Wars-era-looking Y-Wing, which is the BTLB. So um, two new ships, um, four repaints, but two of them are the larger ships. So again, they're kind of pushing out. But it's still, I think that's still slightly smaller than the last wave, but the last wave was the one that introduced the Separatists and the Republic, so it kind of had to be bigger. But for the love of God, we're already on wave five for right. X-Wing 2nd Edition, and they're just churning out these massive waves each time. Um, I'm actually thinking about taking my... You know, I, I have the tackle boxes with all the stuff in them, is how I store everything. I'm thinking that once all the Legion stuff is coming in, I'm probably going to pull all the Legion game content, like the cards and stuff, and just kind of pack them up, right. take out the, the uh, uh, models, little minis, and put them up on display, and that'll give me another container, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to need yet another one, a fourth one, to hold X-Wing stuff. Um, in the near future, just right. a lot. Yeah, that's that's a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I I like what we've got uh, coming out here. I can't tell if the you know that interceptor is a new model or just a new paint job. To me, it kind of just looks like a new paint job. But I'd have to really um, compare the two side by side, which is you know it's fine. I mean, it should look like itself, right? That's always been a weird ship to me because it's it's like the IG two thousand. I always <laughs> exactly yes that one. Um, I always think with the IG two thousand and that interceptor uh-huh. that they should be pointing the opposite direction. I think it's just because of uh, the similarities to other ships. Like this one, it actually looks a lot like the Jedi Starfighter. I was gonna say it looks a lot like the Jedi Starfighter color scheme, but it also looks somewhat like the uh, the Fang Fighter. Um, that we get, like the the Mandalorian ships and yeah. whatnot that we see within right. the sh- within a Clone Wars, mm-hmm. but it, it always just feels like when you're when you're looking at that, it's like it's leading with its butt. <laughs> I hear you. you know? I, I'm it, I'm a big like, fan of the it, design. It should be called the Moon Fighter or something right. because it's leading with its butt. Yeah, I'm. I mean, like with ships, I, I lots of times I either love or hate the design of ships. Um, you know, the Punishing One, or as the uh, the Atlanta Hawks like to call it, the uh, Space Toilet Lid. You know, I mean, there's. The what? Who called it? the Atlanta Hawks called it a space toilet lid? Well, the uh, the by Atlanta Hawks. Oh, I mean, the Atlanta the, HW, yeah, the HWK. Hawks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, our, I was like, 
I was like, the Atlanta Hawks? Why, why are you talking about an amateur <laughs> basketball team? Oh, I'm sorry. They're NBA, aren't they? <laughs> well, yeah. But, um, I mean, officially, you're not going to hurt my feelings on talking sports ball. Um, but, yes, they, um, everyone at the, you know, in the, the local play group likes to refer to it as a toilet lid because it looks like a toilet lid. The flushing one? Yeah. That's pretty good. I, I I don't think I've heard anyone call it the flushing one, but I do like that a lot. Um, or the pun flushing one, if you really want to get into now, it, because then at least it's got kind of the same syllables. Am I jumping ahead, or am I ambushing you here with the new game that was announced, uh, Star Wars Outer Rim? Oh, no, I've got that sucker pre-ordered. Hell, I just pre-ordered the, uh, the, the game mat. I love the idea of another... And he's excited, too. <laughs> he goes, yeah, another, more games! Uh, Star Wars game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Outer Rim, baby. Woo, he's my down there like he's like he's sitting in his baby chair, and every time he does that, he's like, yeah, he's do he's like clenching his fists and putting them to his side, like. <laughs> so, there you go. So, um, he's excited wait. for Outer Rim. Um, but yeah. the idea of sort of a more self-contained game that's not something you're going to constantly be buying stuff for over and over again. Right. Um, in a lot of ways, like Rebellion, except I think this one will have more broad appeal. And Rebellion did do one expansion, just a small one. So I could see them maybe tweaking this one. But as someone who's now getting further into a lot of the Kickstarter games, like, jeez, uh, dude, um, Gloom of Killforth, uh, hey, Nemesis, Tainted Grail, all that kind of stuff. I'm really stoked to see a more standalone experience uh, for a Star Wars game, because it's just not something that Fantasy Flight has done much with. I mean, the idea of a Star Wars kind of board game self-contained, it's always been these large product lines. Mm -hmm. And while that's certainly welcome and really cool for the, you know, the miniatures and everything, just give me something that I don't have to spend money on in the long term. Give me something I can buy once, maybe get a little bit with it, and that's it. Um, right. Which has not really been the model. Right. Well, you know, I mean, I even kind of wonder, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a quick check here. I really like the look of um, the, the design. You know, it has that arc uh, look to it. The, the sort of, I guess you would say the game board design to it. Right. Uh, which makes sense. You know, it's the outer rim, right? Um, I, I kind of wonder if they don't have plans to maybe incorporate it into Rebellion somehow. Because, you know, it almost has a sort of a, a grid style map, but I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's just the, you know, the overall aesthetic of them both, but either way, it's cool. And I like it. Yeah, it should be fun. It's basically, um, you're taking on the role of outlaws on the fringes of society, right? In the outer rim, uh, you have a personal starship. You hire legendary Star Wars characters to join your crew. Uh, you try to cement your place as a legend in the Star Wars galaxy, not to be confused with a, a, a cement yourself, in the Star Wars Legends galaxy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's just a different take. And it's not... Um, I need to go back and actually look a little bit more at the news on it. But my understanding... Yeah, I know. It's just amazing. He's even got his pacifier in right now. He's just like, he's like, I'm going to speak through this thing because it's so awesome. <laughs> he's like, Dad, um, you can play as Jen Erso. <laughs> uh, uh, sure. <laughs> Jen Erso. Um, I, I wasn't intending on playing as Jen Erso. Do you find that answer vague and unconvincing? Um, <laughs> but I love the fact that I mean, this is not—it's it, not a miniature-heavy game, and the 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 components we've seen look really cool. They've got the neat little um, ship 
uh, sort of board, I guess you'd call it, where you've got mm-hmm. spaces for your cargo, your cargo or a mod, another mod, a place for your crew members and everything all right there together. Um, it's got characters in it like freaking Chelly Lona Afra, right? The coolest, best, one of the few characters are doing anything with uh, characters from the books or comics in the new canon, a story group canon. I thought you weren't uh, a fan of Afra. No, I'm a huge fan of Afra. Really? Afra's I can swear you did not like her. That's Afra's so awesome. No, Afra is. I mean, you may have heard me refer to her as effed up or screwed up. Oh, yeah. I'm but that's sure. part of what makes her awesome because right, she right. is so screwed up mm-hmm. and her interpersonal relationships are so messed up that she is a fascinating character. It's gotcha. it's it's kind of like, you know, what if you took the most screwed up possible character out of, of any, you know, gritty reality show or not great reality show, but gritty show like, say, The Wire or something uh-huh. and – decided to cross them with Indiana Jones. Right. That's basically Afro. So can I uh, can I actually say because I know you're you're more caught up on the comics than I am, uh, I, I imagine at least. Um one thing now I, I liked Afra initially, but I started to get a little um irritated because I felt like she basically become a um like a surrogate for um Han Solo. Like it, it, I felt like that basically the writer, um, who I can't think of his name right now, Kieran uh, Gillen. Yeah, Kieran Gillen. Although that, it is now, I think it's Spurrier who's doing it now. Which, which may be great because he, he may be doing it differently. Um, I mean, hopefully at least because I felt like that at a point, I'm like, you could literally just change the panels and put Han in there and it would be the same. It, it just, I felt like she lost her uniqueness and, and just felt like Han Solo for a while. And then especially as, you know, the droids felt like, Oh, we're, um, we're dark side R2 and 3PO and Oh, uh, black chrysanthemum. I am dark side, um, Chewbacca. And now we're all together. Hey, Hey, it's like a, you know, it's like an alternate universe version of, of the yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, crew. Yeah, I can see it. Um, it's, I mean, she, she does have, she is probably the, the, if you want to call her a villain, um, she's kind of the villainous counterpart, I guess you could say, to Han in the way that she um, acts at times. Right. But I think she's she's distinct enough now, especially now that we know a bit more about her background, uh-huh. um, to be someone who kind of stands apart. Um, that said, it's actually the droids. You know, it's it's Triple Zero that's starting to wear on me a little bit because right. initially Triple Zero being sort of the murder bot, and his comments were funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like when you first run into HK in Knights of the Old Republic and some of the stuff he says. It's just funny because he's so brazen. Right. But now it's kind of like, okay, can we get going? I mean, they've had some really awesome arcs, but more recently, I don't think it, it's... So you take like the Akresker Jail storyline and whatnot. Okay. Um, that really focuses in on her being kind of a screwball, but also brings in... Um, her different previous love, in, previous and current love interests, and some of the the ways that those relationships. Oh. Can, yes, exactly. Hang on. <laughs> He's all about Perfect. shipping. Yeah, exactly. Um, when you um, so you look at the the that particular arc. Right. Um, it's very much about this. He's still doing it through the pacifier. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so and he, he maybe he just loves Apertude. Um, That's cool. But she's got so many screwed up relationships that it makes for an interesting story, despite the fact that the actual plot line of the story of her being on this, 
you know, this floating put together from bits of junk type of jail thing where they're fighting against like spores that carry a Jedi essence or whatever. I mean, that plot line was kind of dumb. But all the interpersonal aspects of it made it engaging okay, anyway. Yeah, I could see that. And now but... we've got this. Now we got this storyline where it's basically Triple Zero and her both have bombs implanted in their heads, and if they get too far apart, they're gonna die, and right. they're on the run. Except, with the only major interaction being between her and Triple Zero, it feels like it's the same conversations we've seen over and over again. We need to have more people that she has more of a personal investment in. To give her those great character moments. So I think it, right. for her, it really, what defines her is so much about the interpersonal reactions that it, re, the, how awesome she is is going to depend on the context of the story she's in. Uh-huh. Because much of what you, you know, much of what makes the character cool, you're not going to see bouncing off of, you know, people she doesn't know or constantly bouncing off of triple zero over and over again. You really need the human interaction for her. Right. Um, but it, yeah, the, but the more you see of that, the more distinct she is from someone like a Han Solo. But she certainly is more roguish than most of what we see for, you know, she's not really an Imperial, but that sort of darker side of Star Wars. Right. Now, I will say one thing um, that I don't and, and I know nothing about the care. I mean, versus other than what, what I can tell directly from seeing it. Um, I hate her girlfriend and it's based off of one thing which which girl you talking about the, the the more recent one tolvin um i don't I know what's her name um uh, this the so, imperial intelligence person uh most likely yeah what not I'm, not sana staros no not sana um okay. although sana started out like super awesome and then they're like oh haha it's a gotcha <laughs> that was stupid um and and it, you're talking about the whole thing of saying that she was she was sauna solo that lasted for like one issue and blew people's minds well yeah because and then they they totally changed the character because then they sort of made her um like i felt like they hurt that character because they're like check this out like this chick's running around and like uh you know she's taking people out like she's she's hardcore right and they're like oh actually she even though she knows that she's not married to han she still's going around saying everything i'm like you're you're degrading the character. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I, I felt like they could have done more for that character personally, but whatever. That's, that is an old, old, uh, quibble, I guess at, at this point. Um, the reason I don't like the new one is because, and this is a problem I have a lot with, with the comics, like a lot, a lot. And that is the artist, uh, apparently, doesn't realize what series he's writing and gave her the uh, techno organic virus, uh, which, if you don't know, is from X. She's becoming cable. Yeah, yeah. Look at her and tell me she doesn't belong in the '90s X Men. I dare uh, you. I don't know. Her body is of human proportions. Okay, I'll so give she you that one. Fit within the '90s. I'll give you that one, but she, she looks, looks like a normal person. She looks like an X Man. I mean, with all her stupid like little metal pieces. But I mean, they've got the te- the you know you've got the techno tattoos or whatever you call them for Afro. So I mean, it's yes, but that's still I different. I, I get it. Though. I get the issue, but I mean, still. this one it's 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 a lot in the design. It's it, because it's the way that they've they've drawn a lot of this is the exact same styling that was very popular in the '90s um, Marvel comics. You know, specifically with the X Men. Um, I'm trying to think of um, 
Spiral, I think. I think it's uh, Spiral. Um, you know, she looks like that. Let me let me just Google it real quick. Um, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can definitely like check out Spiral's arms, and then check out her arms. You know, it's that same sort of thing. Um, probably the the one that would be the most uh, uh, what would what would you say um, analogous or whatever. Like like probably the person who started doing it first might be uh, Colossus. You know, that's like where it's like, oh, it's metal, but with the lines through them. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. I'm like, do something different. Like you have awesome stuff to pull from, pull from it. Don't look like an X-Men ripoff. This is Star Wars. This isn't, this is a, uh, you know, it's, it's a, its own, um, rich franchise with, with its own, um, stylings that you could pull from. Why are you ripping off another franchise? I think that's that maybe going a little too far. I mean, the idea is that she's just, you know, she's got, what, cybernetics and whatnot. So, I mean... Which, again, think- I'm totally fine with, but we've seen cybernetics in Star Wars. I would say use those things as a, um, you know, as a um, inspiration rather than what looks exactly like X-Men characters. And they managed to use it, though, because there was a point at which um, she – that's a point of self-consciousness for her. Mm-hmm. So when she – at one point as she's flirting with Afra, you know, there's, there's a sense of, you know, uh, her not feeling as though she is adequate because of the cybernetics. So they – I can see how, you know, maybe the design of it just isn't your cup of tea. But they, they at least have made it something other than just, hey, look, here's a cool character design. Look, Look how cool we can make her look. It, it's been something they've actually worked into the characterization as well, at least to an extent. But, uh, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Where's 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 Mark? Are we not? Is this not an episode of Star Wars being on the films? Did I? Did I, miss I know. I know. I, I I took as far afield. It's and like I said, it's not. Oh hey, I I find this. Um, you know, I, I'm not a fan of of the visual styling of it. It's a this styling is too close to this other thing and not like the you know the the universe that it's in that's that's my that's my quibble that's all i'm saying well well thankfully outer rim will be very different than the other star wars games in that aside from rebellion i think it's the only game from fantasy flight where instead of using minis for the characters you basically have standees for instance yeah outer um, rim that's what so, we we're talking about my bad yeah, yeah we were talking about <laughs> outer rim and yes outer rim uh, they did announce a playmat so if you are interested in a playmat for the game as a place to put the different decks, as a place to put the the, the rim itself, then uh, that is available out there for pre-order as well. So I'm I mean I'm stoked for um, for Outer. I think it'll be pretty cool. And the fact that it's got Afra is nice, but certainly not the selling point of the game. Nor should it be something to to push people. Away. And as soon as I started talking about Outer Rim again, he's like, Woo-hoo! he's like, yes, finally, <laughs> stop boring me with your nonsense. I don't care. I wasn't I alive in the nineties. <laughs> He's like, I he can't even read he yet. He doesn't like Tolvin thumbs down. One star review. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Do you have anything else in the Fantasy Flight uh, topic? Or have we covered no. everything? And No, I mean, those are, the th- those are the main things to hit. I mean, mainly it was just the, the new wave of X-Wing that has been announced. But, of course, you know, we do have the... Uh, uh, the Outer Rim stuff. Though we haven't really talked much about uh, the new factions for X-Wing, but we were going to hold that till after Celebration anyway. Okay. 
Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll hit that up then. Um, it's no big deal. So I, I guess we will go ahead and get back in celebration. I, I realized uh, during editing, I'm like, oh, man, we really only covered three topics. I mean, kind of three and a half because we did hit on um, the uh, uh, um, the episode nine slash Rise of Skywalker trailer, but we didn't really discuss it. So uh, three, three and a half topics. That's that's what we hit last time. And we've got a ton more. So um, I actually made sure to, to write them down this time since I'm having a little bit of uh, allergy brain going on here. Um, so is there anything that you're specifically interested in or do you want me just to kind of hit things as we go you're talking about from celebration itself yeah um i i would say the one that i haven't seen much about Mm -hmm. um that i haven't gone hunting for for material from was the resistance um panel and specifically the resistance and like they showed an episode while uh during this during celebration and i guess what stands out to me is i I was very critical of Resistance for a while because it, it was a very slow burn, a very, right. very slow burn. Right. With episodes, it really felt like they were kind of, of just biding time and very generic sci-fi. Right. By the end, it felt much more like they were trying to really do Star Wars. And surprisingly, they get to a point where it's basically overlapping with The Force Awakens uh-huh. and then send out the characters in a different direction. With Last Jedi overlapping somewhat with The Force Awakens also, at least a tiny bit. Um that also sort of brings in the issue of, well, okay, how far after, say, Last Jedi might Resistance be set? So I'm kind of curious where they're going and what they're doing with the next season of Resistance and and what they might have revealed with it. Because that's one that I didn't delve into previously, right. but I am definitely curious about because they left the first season off with sort of a very open expectation of, of you know, they could theoretically go just about anywhere with the story at this point. Well, not at this point, because I've seen the episode, and I know exactly where they're going. So it's going to be hard to, to change that. Well, before <laughs> your, 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 your Schrodinger's cat bull crap just set it in stone. Right, right. Well, so this is actually, I, I think I have a, a an interesting uh, story with this, because uh, prior to celebration i had not seen a single episode of resistance um you know i I had them recorded but i have not gotten around to watching them yet and honestly it's because i hadn't been hearing glowing reviews about it um you know about the best is like it's okay you know or like it's fine but you got you know like every there was always baggage with it right when anybody would explain it to me um or or or, you know kind of give their opinion on it and that was Niku is awesome. Everything else is sort of meh. <laughs> you know, I, I, honestly, that's like the first I've heard anyone else mention Niku. I haven't heard, uh, I haven't heard much praise really? or Niku or... is like, what if Drax was in Star Wars <laughs> but funnier? Right, and and I do like. Oh wow, that's well because Drax comes off eventually as lame because uh, you you just expect the same stuff all the time from him. Really? So to me Niku is funnier. Well that's a look I, we can't get in the weeds again but um that that is definitely <laughs> a a conversation for another time, right? Um so uh, anyhow, yeah, I mean I I like Niku. I just I haven't heard many people uh say anything about him. So uh yeah, I mean people who are normally and I'm not going to name names, but people who are normally very positive about Star Wars that 
just like they just don't say anything bad about Star Wars. I could, you know, they would be telling, they're like, oh, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of it or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, oh no, oh no, this is going to be awful. You know, just because I'm like, you'd never say anything bad about Star Wars. This is the closest I've heard. So this is not going to be good. Um, so, you know, I just, I wasn't in a big hurry to watch it. However, uh, I was able to go to the panel because um, I wasn't just able to go. I'll say I'll say it this way: I was expected to go for reasons, um, and so I was like, "Okay, I'll, I'll go see it. That's fine. I haven't seen any episodes, but whatever. We'll check it out. I'm sure it'll be fine, right?" So we go to it, and and for the most part, um, it's it's a, a recap of of um, the first season. So, you know, that kind of catches you up on, on what's going on. But I wanted to start with uh, Donald Faison, who plays Hype Faison on, on the show. When he's announced, he basically, like, he's all excited and he says something. I can't remember exactly what it was. And then just dives into the audience and starts, like, running up and down the aisles, like, high-fiving people and just super excited which then got Bobby Moynihan super excited so he decides he's going to do the same thing on the other side so they to me I thought that was a great opening because you know especially for someone like me who's like oh I don't know what to expect I thought it was kind of awesome to see like oh hey here are these people that are a part of this show and here's how excited and happy they are about it so I I thought personally that that was a really good uh, start for something um, but I mean further th- there's a few things about this panel um, or, or about resistance in general you know I, I mentioned that I've not really heard uh, many glowing reviews on it further I've not um, you know I've not watched it and then it's on a Monday which of course was the the extra day for the con it's um, you know, resistance wasn't even on the the big banner. They did like this huge banner where it was every single Star Wars film that's come out, and and Clone Wars and Rebels and Clone Wars and Rebels, but no resistance. And I don't know. Just to me, I was like, wow. <clears throat> you know, it shows that it's sort of just an afterthought. You know, they they tucked it away on Monday. Um, I, I'd have to double check to see, but I can tell you, Clone Wars was on the actual celebration stage. Which I would say, you know, 100% deserved. Uh, I can't remember if Rebels was or not, because I can't remember. Um, I wasn't there. In fact, I know it wasn't now uh, because I was over at the celebration stage, and and that was why. It it conflicted with um, the uh, um, Jedi Fallen Order. So I had to go to Jedi Fallen Order. I couldn't go to to Rebels. Um, But nonetheless, like I said, it's, it's over on the Galaxy stage, which is... It's the second biggest stage. It's not a. It's not a small stage, but you know, just it, it definitely wasn't something that they were really pushing. And you know, that's the thing. I mean, celebration in a lot of ways, it's almost a. Um, you know, it's a, almost like an interactive trailer. You know that like they're constantly tr- you know trying to promote and and get everyone excited for the the upcoming and ongoing Star Wars. Uh, projects and products that they have right so for them to just kind of be like meh on this i wasn't expecting a lot um but of course like i said 
we we go into that. They were all excited. Uh, I also love. I think her name is uh, Myrna. She plays um, Tora. Maybe is the character's name. Uh, forgive me. I'm I'm new to the show. <laughs> uh, not not new to not new to uh, Cloud City Casino, but new to Resistance. I love how you're not chiming yeah, in here I, at all. I, I, <laughs> no, I'm just I. I know the characters by right, name. Right. I don't know hardly any of the actors. I only know that the guy that plays Yeager uh-huh. is he's the dude at the beginning of Time Cop who's asking for the money for the TEC. Uh, yes, okay. I'm a Time Cop nerd. Cool. Well, but That's like the only okay. thing I really know about the cast. I haven't been following. Cause, well, because part of it is that and you talk about the lack of hype and that sort of thing. Right. You used to be with Clone Wars, you got these really cool episode guides and these feature videos and stuff like that. Um, but then you also, especially for Rebels, it was like every episode after it is Rebels Recon. It's Andy Gutierrez talking about it, interviewing people, getting into the nitty gritty, the cool references and stuff, really showing how much they care about the production here and getting you hyped for the next episode and the behind the scenes stuff. And for Resistance, they don't do jack like that. Right. That's what I'm saying. There's just, they do there's almost no... nothing. Right. Right. Just the little videos of like, hey, did you catch this reference? Like these little things where you're like, yeah. Yeah, I caught it. I'd like to hear something from someone with some actual insight, please. <laughs> right, right. So I haven't seen, you know, if you don't see the actors constantly talking about their characters and such, it's harder to, uh, I think, you know, immediately make that connection. I mean, Christopher Sean as Kaz, uh, uh, who is this you were talking about? You're talking about, uh, yeah, Myrna Velasco plays yeah. uh, Tora Doza. She's uh, the daughter of the state, the uh, uh, the Colossus um commander i guess you call yeah. it like governor right i forget the exact right. name of the title yeah and 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 she was fantastic i really liked her um i mean she's a, a very small lady um and she's wearing like a you know i mean it's like it's very stylish but it looks like a jumpsuit well i, mean, I guess technically it is a jumpsuit but it it's it's a sort of a, like a, a jumpsuit that's styled to look like a racing uniform kind of you know, and, and like, but she's, she's got it styled. Like she's actually rolled up the, uh, the legs up to about, uh, her calf, like halfway, you know, and, um, she's got her, uh, she's got like the little double buns, like her character and everything. And then she's just a complete ball of energy up there. You know, she's like jumping up and down excited and she's like punching the air and stuff and everything. And I'm just like, Oh my God, this girl's insane. I love it. Um, so, you know, it was just, the the energy from the cast uh, was very promising, and they all talked about everything going on from uh, the first season. And then I watched my very first episode of Resistance, which was season two, episode one. <laughs> That's almost like me jumping into Doctor Who with a good man goes to war. For those who are Doctor Who fans, yeah. Well, Doctor Who has always been, uh, which I can't remember exactly which which one that is by title, but. You know, that was always one you could sort of jump in. My my first No, no, no. This this was the culmination of two years of storytelling with Matt Smith and Amy and the baby and the oh, okay. who River is and everything. It was the big gotcha. spoiler revelation of everything <laughs> episode where I had no idea what the heck was going on, but it was like this is so awesome I must get back into watching Doctor Who. Right. But yeah, so was that your experience then with resistance? Because you're building this up as I didn't care, I didn't know anything. You're leading into it here. Does this mean that when you saw this episode, it got you excited and now you want to see more or what? I actually really liked it. 
Um, I thought the show was, it wasn't anything spectacular, but with what I had, you know, the, the place that I was in, in my head and, and my expectations and everything, I was like, oh, this has exceeded my expectations. I, this is the valedictorian of summer school. <laughs> but no, but, but better than that. It's, I would well, say. You had that, low, if you had very low expectations going into it, then obviously if it beats the expectations, that doesn't mean as much. Let me, let me, so let me ask you a different uh-huh. way. Okay. Yes. Just saying it beat, it beat your expectations doesn't mean much if they were so low. How would you compare it to, say, a general episode of like Clone Wars or Rebels, just in terms of quality? And the enjoyment factor. Of course, you don't have the context of the other episodes, so you can't right. really think of it in bigger terms. Right. But how did it stack up relative to those? Because I'm sure we got some listeners who are also of the, the same way. They they hear people talking about it as men. They they're not bothering to watch it. So I f- I found this episode to be. I I would put it maybe somewhere in like maybe season two of Rebels, where okay, you know you're like oh okay. I've got, uh, you know, which of course this is season two of uh, of Resistance, right? Where it's like, oh, okay, we're we're starting to lead somewhere. We don't quite know where we're going. Um, we we don't quite know everything that that's going to be, but I I see that stakes are starting to appear, right? Um, there there's like a couple of like little humor things where I'm like, that fell flat. That could have been a little bit better, you know. Uh, but there were some things that I thought were really funny. And, um, you know, I was, I was actually happy with, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that, um, that I didn't, you know, connect with, but I, I mean, I did see other people connecting with, um, there, there were things like the little, and I can't remember the species, but I know they, sh- they were apparently in Maz's castle and they even did like the little short story on them. You know what I'm talking about? They almost look like Muppets kind of. They're yeah, yellow. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Right. So, like, you know, they show that, and then people would be laughing, and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I don't have enough backstory of the show to kind of get that and get yeah, one of the, the janitor. Were they being janitors? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That's that's the running gag is that these guys are always just the janitors cleaning up everybody else's mess. That's, right. That's right. It. So, like I said, so you know, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, some uh, inside jokes or whatever that I, that I didn't get, but as a whole, I I was like, oh. I like this. It was much, much better than I expected. Um, I, I think that it's it's just as good as um, as Rebel, you know, as, as Rebels at, at times, and has the same potential that Rebels had by the end. And uh, in a lot of ways, it's um, to be honest, a lot of uh, Rebels was tied into um, Clone Wars and and was able to have um, you know pull you in and and, and have weight that was established in clone wars and and so clearly this uh, one I, I, yes and no because i mean when when they started out rebels was sort of doing its own thing it was only really once they introduced ahsoka as right right but i'm talking about like oh this yeah is clone, you know, and people yeah. started complaining this is going to be clone wars 2.0 and everything right. uh, this one though to be fair resistance season one when it actually feels like star wars relies heavily on bringing in poe Right, right. That is true. Because I will say, (laughs) it's like like the one uh, way to make it feel like Star Wars is pull in Poe, and he even leaves BB-8 for a while in season one with Kaz, which throws all kinds of chaos into how exactly do you fit that in with all the other pre-Force Awakens stories in which BB-8 is with Poe. Um, But that's a whole other thing. They, Um, but but I I think they kind of handle that a little bit. uh, In because because I will say, 
I've now watched five or six, I, I'm not 100% sure, Ooh. episodes of the show. Um, and, and I'll say two things. One, I enjoy it, but talking to, you know, I was talking to William Devereaux about it. I think probably one thing that, that has helped me to enjoy it more than maybe some other people who were watching it and not enjoying it as much is that I watched it on binge. So, right, because you're not get the slow burn doesn't feel like it's wasted weeks when it's a slow burn. Right. Uh, right. If you're binge watching it because you're seeing the bits and pieces and whatnot. Absolutely. Exactly. Yep. Um, so so do you feel like in those early episodes, are you getting a, a generic sci fi vibe or does binge watching it give you those little tiny Star Wars references every so often enough to mm-hmm. make it still feel like Star Wars and not bring up the generic sci fi complaint? So, you know, to me, generic sci-fi um, is not something that I would have ever uh, said for it. What To me, what I was thinking is I'm like, oh, okay, this feels like off-brand um, Ezra. You know, I, 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 Kaz, to me, feels a lot like Ezra, but kind of Ezra at his worst, um, at least initially. <laughs> so, so Ezra was like discount Aladdin. So this is like bargain bin Aladdin. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, you know, and, and I know that's really harsh and, um, which I, I love his design. And, and that's the thing too, that I think is a bit of a disconnect for me. I know a lot of people are not a fan of the, the, uh, art style. I've liked it from the beginning. Um, and, and a lot of the reasons I've said is being a gamer, this is an art style that you've seen, uh, in mm-hmm. games where it's, it's sort of like a, a, a false 2d design where it's like, Oh, right. We we took like a 3D model and then made it 2D type of thing. Now, um, did you ever watch um, Tron Uprising? I did not watch that one. Um, I, I feel like the the designs of the characters because they tend to have sort of overlong legs. Uh-huh. Um, like the design of the characters feels very much like a cross between like a Rebels that went a little bit more realistic. And something more like Tron Uprising with the very stylized bodies. Uh, right. And and Kaz in particular is kind of like the midpoint, which I guess makes him be that lanky, goofy one um, in that he does move oftentimes like a Disney character, right? I mean, he right. did, he moves around like goofy half the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so, I, I, so my big question then, I don't want to spoil anything uh-huh. big. Given the fact that we ended season one basically near the end or past the end, perhaps, I think it was just near the end, of the Force Awakens, uh-huh. which means that we're within days of the end of Last Jedi, at least. Right, right. Um, is this set? Could you tell if this was set during Last Jedi or after Last Jedi? Is this the farthest we've reached into the future until we see Rise of Skywalker? Um, no. I, I if I'm not mistaken, um, because again, like I said, watching everything out of order, um, I'm not the the best judge. Um, I think it hap. I think this is still happening before the Last Jedi. I think. Okay, because because there's a little bit of the overlap with Last Jedi with the whole when does Rey arrive on Ach two versus uh-huh. the evacuation on uh, uh, on Dakar. Uh, but then they they play with the whole well, you know, time on Ach two works a little differently than in the outside universe, the same way as it did sometimes on Dagobah, kind of thing, as their way of saying. Yeah, we know that the intercutting doesn't make a whole lot of sense with the day-night cycle and how long the chase goes. Um, but it's interesting that it would be—I mean, at least it's only a few days. So we're right, so, we, right. so we're basically we're picking up almost exactly where the first season left off. Then, because there's not oh, a yeah. lot of time for them. Yes. 
yeah it's i I can tell you that it picks up immediately following um and and i because of course i haven't watched the the season one finale yet but i do know from but it was uh, during yeah it was right right i I could tell something just happened (laughs) without giving any spoilers away uh for the finale i could tell i'm like oh okay something like literally just happened so yeah it's um it, it picks up immediately following and and of course like i said there's only the the one episode and and that episode um is you know it it seems to all take place i want to say within a day uh to to the best i can remember um but yeah i mean it was enjoyable and and like i said i i would suggest anybody who hasn't seen it or who um you know did it wasn't in love with it and you know maybe dropped out or or i mean even if you you watched all the episodes i would say go back and just binge them um, because I think you may enjoy it more if you binge them because the, the things that I, I get, uh, but I, I think that the benefit of, of, you know, binging them is that you just get all of that. So I, I think that would be my suggestion to anyone who is, is going to be new to it or who maybe dropped off or just didn't like it at all and, and would be willing to actually go back and, and check it out because I, I think as a whole it's you know it's pretty good and it, it looks like it's set up to go somewhere interesting so um, I'm you know I actually I'm wanting to, to watch the, the remaining episodes that I haven't finished and then continue in with season two cool that that's all on that really but um, we could we can move to one of the other ones uh, now one thing I'll mention too, because this is, uh, you know, it's something huge for uh, for celebration in general. I mean, that, that's the thing is you you spend all the money to go to celebration, and then you spend a lot of your time spending more money. <laughs> you don't have to. There's tons and tons of stuff, right? But just as Star Wars fans, we're all about, you know, the the different kinds of merch and especially the exclusives. Um, and one thing they did this year that I absolutely loved was they added an extra day um i can't remember exactly how it went in the past i guess it probably went thursday through sunday possibly um but you know this time it went thursday through monday and thursday there were no real panels there was like a few things but they were i mean look this is gonna sound rude but it's it's stuff that people really wouldn't be going to <laughs> you know um you know they had they had things like the light speed dating and stuff like that where it's like i don't need to go i mean even if i was single i wouldn't be going to conventions to to meet women you know what i mean um I meet know, people from across the country and around the world that you'll never see again well i just feel like that like like why do you need light speed dating for that because that's what the lines are for <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like you go. you're gonna meet people at, at, at celebration. You, I just don't feel like that's a necessary thing. But whatever. Um, you know, I mean, there's like the Star Wars origami, uh, Padawan lightsaber training, um, and then there's the Star Wars celebration exclusive R2D2 mini stir popcorn popper. I don't know how that's like a panel, but it's it's some sort of an event that was hosted by Amazon. So n- nothing that seems to be like legit panels, right, on, on Thursday, which, fine. I mean, I, I thought that um, that was perfect because it gave everybody who showed up, because again, not everybody's going to show up. Thursday was probably the, the lightest day, I would say, uh, as far as like um, the traffic on, on the floor. Um, so it gives you a good opportunity to A, 
navigate your surroundings and, and know where everything's going to be for the convention because that there's always a thing of you being like, oh, I need to go to the, uh, you know, the Kotobukiya booth. I have no idea where that is. Well, now you've got a whole day to figure it out and get used to it. You know, same thing with uh, some of the other places. Granted, you know, um, like I said, the, the celebration stage was the, the big one. And so, of course, you wouldn't know where that is uh, that day. But you, you had time, you, you know, you were given a map and everything. And, and so it was able to give you uh, time to acclimate and to shop and stuff. Unfortunately... Uh, one of the big things about Celebration, of course, is there the actual Celebration store, not just the, you know, the different booths and things on the, the uh, convention floor, but the like the Read Pop store that they have separate. And they had something really cool designed for this year where um, you could basically do, I think they called it like the Lightspeed line or something like that. So essentially what you could do is set up an order uh like you would you would get in line and then once your time came you were then able to go through and select all the things that you would like to buy and then they would gather those things for you and then you would show up and um purchase those things at that point so almost like a um i I, i'd like the imperial assault vader yes sons up now that's again. This is the like the read pop store, not the the things that you would get on the, the, booths, the floor, yeah, right? Right. So um, I got you. Anything like that, the Hallmark, the Funko Pops, none of that stuff is is it. It's just it's only the the things that are like read pop celebration store exclusives. Um, well, unfortunately, they had that site never worked. Um, on on the first day, in fact, I don't think it worked on the second day either. I think it didn't start working till like maybe the third or fourth day, somewhere around like uh, maybe Sunday or yeah, I'd say probably Sunday is when it actually started working. Um, and so so that didn't work. So everybody was lo- waiting in line the whole time and being like, "Come on, come on!" And and of course, you know, a lot of people didn't get in line for the store because of that. Because they thought, well, okay, well, I, you know, I want to try to get these other things too, so I don't want to, to jump in line for the store. Well, on top of that, all of the systems went down. So, essentially, the people who were in line when uh, Celebration started that day were in line. That's what they did all day long. They did not get to go on to... I mean, I'm sure that's not everybody, but... Um, I heard that they capped the line at 12 o'clock because of their, their technical difficulties. So they capped the line at 12 o'clock and those people basically sat in line until, um, you know, the, this, this, uh, the con ended that day. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. They, that would be a very miserable experience. Um, I've just, like I said, like, oh, well, this is what I'm going to do all day. I'm going to sit here for my chance to actually go and get into it. So I, I was talking to, uh, you know, a friend of the show, Eric Pfeiffer. Uh, he does uh, the Twin Sons Transmission podcast. He told me, he goes, oh, he goes, I'm not messing around. And I mean, he is like hardcore collector. We actually went out uh, a couple days early because he likes to do a uh, his own convention he calls PfeifferCon. 
and uh, it's essentially he has you know a gathering at his house and um, you know he you actually get to sort of take a tour of his house which he, he's made every room of his house almost every room um, obviously like his bedroom is his bedroom right um, but virtually every room of his house which is a two-story house with a finished basement he has turned into like a Star Wars museum um, and he has like the rooms themed and stuff and everything like very, very cool. So point being very hardcore collector. And he's like, I'm not messing around. He's like, I, he's like, I saw that. Um, or I think he said he got there early or whatever, um, on Thursday. And he said that there were already people ahead of him. So he's like, they are not, um, turning people away if they show up early. He's like, I'm showing up 4:30 AM to get in line for the store. I was like, oh my God, dude. But then I thought I was like, yeah, I might. I'm like, I'm not showing up at 4.30, but I might show up at 5.30. So, which is, was my plan. And um, unfortunately, my Uber driver, um, not fully his fault, but kind of his fault, uh, was an idiot and couldn't find me to pick me up. And then ended up canceling after like several minutes of, of waiting and then trying to get a hold of him. He didn't want to answer his phone. Um, and so I then had to call a second Uber driver. So by the time I got there, it was about six o'clock. Um, but was still still pretty good. Um, I was maybe 30 to 50 people behind him in line and uh, was able to actually get in. And then, of course, once I got in, all of our friends, you know, like William uh, and Matt and I think, I think it may have just been them too. But, but of course, they were getting stuff for other friends as well. Um, they're like, okay, here's my list. Like, get me all these things in the store. So I'm like, okay, all right. And uh, picking stuff up for them. So, yeah, it's, uh, I, had, I had to wake up very early that morning, but I was still able to, to get stuff. And the, uh, the top things for me were of course the the one thing I had to have was the the Lando vacation shirt which is like you know it's like the Hawaiian well it, this is technically a Hawaiian shirt but it's uh styled after his shirts at the very end of Solo you know what I'm talking about the yellow shirt yeah yeah okay so I was like I gotta have that I mean that's just awesome I love that they made it I wanted it when I saw it in the movie and, and so then I saw that oh they're actually gonna make that sweet um I mean it's my only quibble is that it's a um, a short sleeve shirt, or in the movie it's a long sleeve shirt, but min- minor quibble, right? Um, but I got that, and of course I also like, um, which it's it's something that I've not been collecting as, as hard as I would like to, um, but I really like things that are weird and just shouldn't exist really. Like they have no real purpose, and it's just like it's so bizarre. It's like why would you make that, but they did it anyway. So I'm like, well, all right, I'm going to get it then. It's like the vice president of products. Um, no, it's more like even the, less purpose. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, like I said, I mean, like it's it's only like its existence almost is more of a, you know, it, it almost does more harm by existing than good. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like people actually put effort into making this. This is ridiculous like like why would you why would you do this uh you know perfect example uh is the uh the jar jar binks tongue pop right like to me that's the one when i always explain to people like (laughs) some like it's so weird like why would you make that right so um 
the the thing that they had in the store that I really wanted was the Millennium Falcon duct tape, or or I think they call it a uh, Corellian duct tape, and it's actual like legit duct tape, but with um like Millennium Falcon style, like not images of the Millennium Falcon, but like the little uh, greeblies and junk, you know, on the Millennium Falcon, right. on the strip of duct tape. Wow, that's just. I don't know, between products like that and hearing about the line and, and and the screws with the app and everything for the for the store, it's almost like the the slogan for the celebration store should have been some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> right. So here I, mean, I, I, I admit it's it's cool looking duct tape. Yeah. But it's still it's it's like, you know, when they're advertising like Star Wars themed toilet paper. Right. You know, right. Uh just, just you know, wipe out the empire, but on boom. Yeah, and I mean, but, like, but like I guess I said, it, it makes sense because you know he patches up the ship and everything. It's sort of, it kind of fits. Right, but like I said, again, at the end of the day, it's just sort of a weird, fun little thing, almost like the, uh, the Lando mustache disguise kit that they did back at uh, I think it was Celebration Five. You know, it's just like, all right, that's kind of weird, but. Yeah, I want that. Give it to me. <laughs> you're at Celebration. You're high on Star Wars. Here you go. You're going right, to probably right. buy it. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I got that. I, uh, um, there were, with, of course, with uh, Solo, there's been tons of Lando stuff uh, for me to buy, you know, more recently. And I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get everything. Um, but I, I was like, well, I'm certainly going to try. And the one thing that I wanted was of course they do their their pins every year and lando was in the blind pack well there's two things about what happened here one i'm looking in the actual um what do you call it like the little magazine thing they give you to help you know program yeah there you go that's the word program although they had a program as well that's like the one you can actually buy and it's nice looking and everything um this one was was different but the little free like pamphlet you look in right right program the little paper one that was like somebody printed it out on a copy machine and stapled it together yeah yeah i mean a little bit a little bit better than that but yeah and and so the the thing was with it i'm looking at the the pens that they have and it's not exactly correct because they had variants so for instance they had um han solo is the one that uh, it's sort of the the common pen, but there is a chase variant Han Solo, and it's it's actually um, the Force Awakens version of Han, right? Well, what they have listed in the um, you know in in the little program is Lando, and it's Empire Strikes Back Lando. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, come to find out, they had that was actually the the chase variant, which means there there was only 500 of them. And they also had the um, solo version of Lando, which was the regular one. So I didn't know that at the time. So I was a bit bummed out finding out because I'm like, crap, that's going to be hard. Because, uh, for instance, one of the ones that um, is is a big deal is, you know, go look up Winking Lando pin on uh, eBay. And if you don't see it, you may have to actually look at the the sold listings to see what it's, it's sold for. Um, but that was from Celebration Europe, and it, it's the exact same pin because they did like emoji style pins, and uh, 
it goes for like I think anywhere from like a hundred to two hundred dollars. Just I guess probably depending on the time. You're not you don't seem too uh blown away. I just I'm you know, I could see I mean it's collectors do weird crap when uh-huh. it comes to, you know, we'll pay for you know, we'll pay out the nose for something just because it's rare even though it seems like realistically it shouldn't be that bad it's the old supply and demand thing right the econ teacher here so i'm thinking as you're talking about that i'm thinking man that's ridiculous but Uh at the same time in the back of my mind i'm like and how much did i pay for this home video item (laughs) or this home video item and the thing is yeah and the thing with this is like uh, the reason i bring up the the winking lando is because like this year the the two landos are different they're they're completely different right like the um one of them looks exactly like he did in empire strikes back the other one looks like he you know i mean it's billy d and donald glover you know what i'm saying like it's two different pins the thing with the um the european one it's the exact same pin but one of them has a circle for an eye and the other one has you know like a a comma (laughs) Because he's winking. But the comma sells for, like I said, hundreds of dollars, whereas the other one, you know, only goes for, you know, somewhere from like 10 to $30, something like that. It's just, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously, yes, it's a, it's a collector. I should know this and blah, 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 whatever. It's just, it's just weird to me. Um, but point being, they go for a lot of money. And I, I was a bit concerned about being able to get it. But I was going to try my hardest. And I actually didn't get it until Sunday. Um, and, of course, like I said, the, uh, I picked up some of the... I think I picked up maybe three of the blind packs. And that is essentially how I was able to do it. Because in the blind pack, I got the Yoda. However, Yoda is not... Like, he's a common one. Um, and I'm not... You know, I don't collect them all. I only wanted to get the ones that I actually liked the artwork for and the yoda one was like okay but i wasn't in love with it well uh tom from uh del rey do you know tom no oh, but okay i figured you did i figured you may know the uh the del rey people and i can't i can't think of his last name right now his uh his, his handle is darth internius oh okay yeah i know okay. that name all right. Well, so, you know, we had talked to him on Friday and everything and um, William knows him. And, and then so I saw come Saturday that he had actually posted that he, you know, was looking for the Yoda. And he's like, you know, if anybody can help me, I'd be super appreciative. So it's like, oh, you know what? I have no like, I don't want this. I'll, I'll help out a fellow Star Wars fan. Right. Well, I go meet up with him and I give it to him. He's like, oh, he's like, okay. He's like, well, I got something for you. And he gives me last year's Thrawn pin. I was like, dude, that's a, like, like you don't have to do that. You know, like I'm just helping you out. Don't worry about it or whatever. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, he's like, you're helping me big time. I appreciate it. So I was like, all right, thanks. I, I appreciate it. Like that's way too much, but thank you. So Matt rushing, um, didn't end up getting that pin last year. He did happen to, however, and not even realize like what he had gathered, or you know like what he had pulled. But he actually pulled the Lando pin that I I had been looking for the entire time, and he pulled this on Wednesday. 
or I'm sorry, on, on a Sunday. And so I was like, wow, that is absolutely ridiculous that uh, um, he, he, he managed to pull. And because the thing is, like, not just that, like, we were rooming with him. So I just, I don't know. I, I thought the, the pure chance of that was hilarious because, like I said, I was, I was trying all celebration to trade with people to get it and having a hard time. And then, of course, he had no interest in it, but he really wanted that Thrawn pin, so it was a, an easy trade. Very nice. Yeah, nice. that's the uh, that's the will of the force yeah, at man. work, my friend. Yeah. Uh, now, now I did want to ask, since you are such a big collector of Lando, did you ever get the butter? What? You know, Lando Lakes. Uh, <laughs> damn it! You okay. had me excited. Okay. I thought I didn't I'm realize sorry. it was a joke. I thought you were about to tell me about another weird item that I needed. No, it, my my dad pun quotient had dropped a little low, so I needed <sighs> to, to to pull it back up again. My you bad. Had me so I excited. Did, He's like, there's Lando butter, <laughs> and you know he would have gone out and gotten it too. It would it would have been a stick of butter, and it would have been prodigious. Well, I mean, what I would have kept, like, so for instance, <gasps> I would have obviously the butter would not have lasted, but I, I would have kept the, uh, um, the packaging and everything. And um, yeah, man, I'm a little mad at you right now. So anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other thing, and I have to show you this because this was also a, um, oh, I realize I'm actually still on camera anyway, so hopefully I wasn't picking my nose at some point. Um, th there was another thing that was so ridiculous, I had to have. A Jabba the Hutt Chia Pet. That's right. That's disturbing. A Jabba the Hutt Chia Pet. And I saw it. Then again, I guess that sort of makes sense because what is it about? Uh, what is it? A Rolling Stone gathers no moss or whatever. So a sedentary hut gathers <laughs> whatever the hell that is. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and that was the thing. That's freaky looking. That is that is really like I don't know if I would display that if that was even if it was a centerpiece of the collection because it would just disturb the heck out of anybody who walks in and sees it. That's uh, it's a creepy green fuzzy hut. Yeah, but I mean, everybody has been, um, you know, I mean, the, the, the worst is like, that's ridiculous. Like, how much are you spending on that? And I'm like, don't worry about it. I want it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I, I wanted it. Now, this wasn't in the show store. And, and this was a bit of a, a an adventure trying to get this thing. And not for the same reason that, you know, most most exclusives. You're like, oh, man, I hope I can get there in time. And I hope that, um, you know, the line's not going to be so long. And I end up spending over an hour trying to get this one exclusive. This was, I hope I can figure out what booth has it. Because it was um, stated to be made by NECA. And that is the only information that was given. And... I really didn't, I thought maybe NECA made it for the Star Wars Celebration store, but I don't think so. Um, and then, of course, I found out that, no, that it wasn't when I, when I actually got into the store that day. I went to the actual, like, information place that, that's supposed to know where everything is and know how to point you. There was actually another guy asking about it when I was there, and uh, the, the information had no idea about it like none whatsoever so i was like well crap so i told the the guy who was also asking i said look follow me on uh on twitter or you can um you know just keep an eye out for NECA. i'm gonna ask them and maybe they'll get back to me 
and and let us know where we can buy this. So the next day, um, someone from NECA actually tweeted me back and said, oh, go to this booth. Sorry, it, um, it was a bit of a mislabeling. So went to the booth, come to find out, NECA is a parent company of the company that made this. And so there was no sort of, uh, you know, no clarification there. And the guy has a stack of them. And so I told the guy, I'm like, I've been having the hardest time finding this. And I said, listen, that's ridiculous. Like I pointed at his big stack of Jabba the Hutt uh, Chia Pets. I'm like, those are ridiculous. No one needs that. They shouldn't exist. I would like to buy one, please. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. I just, I just remember the old commercials, like the old school commercials you see like really late at night. Uh-huh. Um, where it's like mail order stuff. Be like, Chia Hutt. I mean, just that's 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 striking to me. Right. Why? But I'm, I'm taking it back. I'm not so much taken aback by the idea that they would license out Star Wars for Chia Pet type stuff because they'll license Star Wars out for anything. But why Jabba the Hut? But why job? Why not like Chewie or an Ewok or something that has you know fur? Right. Instead right. of it basically being this hut's been sitting around in his fat butt for so long that he's growing plants. I don't know. Like I said, that's part of why I had to have it. The the mystery of why, <laughs> why does this exist? To me, that's that's something. Uh, if I if I have to ask that about something like a Star Wars item, I have to have said Star Wars item. So you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and pitch this out here. If you're listening to this episode, um, and you know of of a certain item that you know maybe I'm not aware of. Um, I mean, hey, maybe I am. Uh, go ahead and, and let me know anyway, because you never know. Uh, go ahead and contact me. Either you know, email the show cloudcitycasino at gmail dot com, or uh, you know, Cloud City Casino on Twitter or uh, Morse Isley on Twitter, and say, hey, did you know this was a thing? Because if I don't, I want to know. Um, I, I love that kind of stuff. But um, the only the only other thing, and then I'll, I'll be done with. Uh, you know, just the, the exclusives and stuff that I bought. The other thing that, that I picked up was the Claudia Gray book. Um, they did an exclusive cover for Master and Apprentice that also came cool. with a cool little uh, tote bag that says, Judge me by my books, do you? And has Yoda on it. And then they also had a, a Master and Apprentice pin. Um, so we were able to, to get in line. They What they did for that was you get in line for the, um, uh, to get a wristband that you then come back and get the book. And um, that, of course, what we decided to do, because that was at the same time as the signing, was hit that up right at about the same time so that we could get both the, um, pick up the book and then just have it signed by Claudia Gray at the same time. Very cool. You know, you know I've got a signed copy of that. It's called Books a Million. Yeah, well, I mean. <laughs> I know, but you don't get the experience. I get it. Well, and the um, cover. I mean, it's, it's a, and it's for those who have not read it. It is actually a pretty good book. It's another one of those stories that probably doesn't matter much in the grand scheme of galactic events. But they, she did an awesome job at capturing Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon yeah. um, and their relationship and everything. Uh, it even almost brought me to tears in the, the I guess it was the last chapter of the epilogue. Um, so, you know, kudos to Claudia Gray for knocking it out of the park again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's. I think she's the best writer that Star Wars has right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as like their um, their literature. Um, but the funny thing is, though, so we're doing all of this, and 
you know, they're like, oh, do you want it um, to be personal? You know, do you want your book? Because they don't know exactly what you're getting signed. They just know you're getting a signature, right? Like, do you want it personalized? And I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I don't, I don't need it personalized. And then we get the book, you know, right before we, um, right before we uh, uh, get it signed. And then I realized, oh, it's already been signed. <laughs> Uh, so we went ahead and just got it personalized at that point. Gotcha. But, uh, that's what they did with, yeah. um, was it Inferno Squad that they did when they did the, uh, the, the, it was a pre-signed alternate cover copy or alternate dust jacket or whatever copy. But then if you wanted to get it personalized, you could. So I remember with Thrawn, it was the opposite and it, the lines were ridiculous because yeah. you'd have to get the exclusive version of Thrawn and then go get it signed. And a lot of people were getting multiples. Um, right. so it just, it just slowed everything down a bit. Right. Oh, yeah. that's that is a baby yawn full of spit. By the way, he's like, he's I been, don't care about. He's been napping. That's why he's so. That's why he's so. Tight. He was like, you guys are start chalking like chia huts. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I mean, the the thing was, um, that that very well could be the case. They may have started doing the um, the the signed variations after uh, after Orlando. I think a lot of people. You know, we're like, okay, we need to have a hard look at everything after Atlanta, uh, after Orlando, yeah. how to decide oh, the yeah. best oh, way yeah. to do things. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, no children were separated from their parents because no, only one person can stand in line in any of that BS. Like at Orlando, that still still pisses me off looking back <laughs> on it because that was just dangerous and could have gotten them into a lot of legal trouble. But right, right. Anyway, so so you did a lot of collector stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked resistance. Yep, uh, and we're getting a little long in the tooth here, time-wise. I know that um, uh, we do want to talk about um, Rise of Skywalker. Do we have anything else we want to hit before we hit Rise of Skywalker? Oh, I mean, there, there's a few things on here. Um, let, let me kind of just mention. I'll, I'll just try to quickly go through and hit some of the small, uh, okay. small ticket stuff. So, um, with let's see, I, I can't remember what panel it was on Sunday. So it was something that I wanted to see on Sunday. Oh, Clone Wars. That's no. Maybe it wasn't because I had had reserved seats for Clone Wars, so it wasn't that. Um, anyhow, there was some reason I wanted to go to the uh, the galactic stage, and so I actually just kind of went in for the the Alan Tudyk panel, um, and I, I didn't get the whole thing. I kind of went in about halfway through because they, um, like I said, you know, panels start to overlap and everything. So I went to that. Um. Honestly, there was nothing really said about it because I mean, and they even mentioned they're like, okay, you know, the the show's not coming till twenty twenty one, and to my knowledge, that's the that's the first I had heard it that maybe they had announced already that was when it was going to be dropping, but um, you know, they they had, hadn't even said up until the day before that uh, Alan Tudyk was actually going to be in the show, you know, that K two S O would be in the show, so we just knew it was Cassian Andor. Um, so there wasn't really much for him to say about that point, but of course he did, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things that he did on Rogue One and they asked him about, you know, him being allowed to, uh, um, improv a lot of his lines. And so they asked like, which ones he's like, Oh, so many. And he went through and pretty much like all your favorite K2SO lines he improvised. Um, so that was pretty awesome. You know, he's of cool. course, which I think they've talked about this before. He completely improvised the the slap situation, like yeah, where, yeah, and that he was he was not holding his mouth because he was hurt. He was holding his mouth to keep the laughing from being caught on camera. Right, right, yeah. And um, 
so that that was great and um they of course he hit the end they go okay they're like so you know the show's not coming out cassian isn't coming out until uh 2021 but we actually have a you know i've got just a small scene for you now that you can actually watch uh that actually focuses on k2so yeah and i was like oh cool but i wasn't like logically thinking at the moment like wait they're not going to have anything like rendered or anything set up right. for that. If it's in 2021, the last thing they do is the, the CGI. And so I should have caught on, but my excitement got the better of me. Well, what they do is they, they show it and it's a, um, you know, it's obviously not like top notch, but it's a, um, like CGI of, uh, um, K2SO. And he has a death trooper in one hand and a stormtrooper in the other hand and it's actually the audio, like 100% pulled from Firefly, of him playing with the dinosaurs. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Here, see, I was going to I was gonna make the reference that it sounds like when it comes to, to good information about the behind the scenes of Rogue One, it was a terrific panel. But when it came to spoilers for the new show, it was a wash. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, now, the other one I'll mention real quick, uh, Galaxy's Edge. I did not go to that one. Um, but I, because they didn't really announce anything new, really the only thing they announced, I think that was new was the whole stuff about their partnership with Coke, which I do think is very interesting and very cool. And, you know, a lot of people said they wanted to get, you know, one of those Coke or Sprite bottles that they're doing, um, you know, because of course they're, they sort of look like thermal detonators and things, you know, they, the design of the bottles look very star wars and they're designed after what's going to happen to your stomach if you drink one and then go on a ride uh, i mean a thermal like, detonator coke and i did i did find that the the, the look of them actually screamed to me much more expanse than it did star wars when i saw them because in, in the expanse because of it being a lot of zero g scenes they have uh -huh. the bulbs for their liquid um so to me it screamed not even Star Wars Thermal Detonator. I was like, whoa, it's like, you know, for Zero-G on the Expanse. Wait a second. This is Star Wars where Zero-G barely exists. Right. Wait a second. They're <laughs> cool looking, though. I, yeah. I actually just like the fact that it's got all the logos and everything in Oribesh and, and you know, different Star Wars insignia as opposed to it being, uh, you know, English. But you can recognize them by the color scheme of these very familiar can design so right. to speak absolutely yep and uh so of course they gave away because they, they had giveaways for everything in fact even for um resistance they had a, a a giveaway poster that looks really nice i think it was probably one of the uh the nicer looking posters that they gave away um but for this they gave away a shirt and it's a coca-cola shirt but coca-cola is in arabesh uh, nice. Yeah, and so I was like, man, I I, I was because Andrew Loopy, um, he went to that panel, and so of course he stayed for the Alan Tudyk. Or I'm sorry, no, this was um, this was the day before. So this was uh, uh um, Fallen Jedi Fallen Order, and so he's like, eh, he's like, Here, he's like, you can have it. He's like, I, I I don't want it. So he actually gave me his ticket for uh, you know to get because instead of just handing them out, they actually would hand you a voucher, and whenever you um, got the chance you could then go and, and they had all the stuff until they ran out um, every single day of, of uh, the panel so for instance if you um, got you know a poster for the Mandalorian on Sunday you could still go Monday and pick that up um, so yeah so the shirt he, he gave me the voucher for that so I was actually able to get one of those shirts which I think is really really cool 
Um, nice. And so then, for Galaxy's Edge, like uh-huh. when it comes around like Christmas or uh, I guess holiday special, uh, life day time, uh, maybe they'll have commercials instead of with polar bears, maybe with wampas. I would watch it. <laughs> the baby's like, ooh, he's smiling down there. He's like, I don't know what a wampa is, but it sounds cool. Right, right. Um, I also went to the uh, the music of the Phantom Menace, which uh, I don't know if any, if anyone's familiar with the the soundtrack show with uh, David W. Collins. He is a you know, I mean, the dude knows his music, and uh, talking about just all the different things. I think that out of, I'll say at least the prequels. I I think it's safe to say that uh, the Phantom Menace had the best soundtrack of the prequels. Do you think that's fair to say, or is that maybe? Uh, I would not agree, but that's because I'm a big fan of like Battle of the Heroes and some of the stuff from Revenge of the Sith. But I'm talking like the entire album. You, you still think it that was, like it, album as a whole? I, I, I would say it's the most distinctive. It's okay. definitely the most distinctive. And uh-huh. it set the tone so much for the two that followed that, right. you know, it, it kind of has to reign as the king of them. But right. I still personally, if I'm listening to it, I'm preferring Revenge of the Sith. Right, right. So I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And of course, he, he mentioned something that I had heard him talk about back when he was doing uh, Star Wars Oxygen back on the uh, Rebel Force Radio Network. Um, he had mentioned there, and that's the first time I'd ever heard it, and it blew my mind. The the uh, Augie's Municipal Band, I think is the name of the, the song. But when you have the, the child chorus, it's just um, the Emperor's theme in a major key and sped up. Oh, yeah. 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 And I was like, oh, my God, that ending is so dark now. <laughs> yeah. So of course, all of the like the celebration music is is just a, a twist on Emperor's theme, which makes it just awesome. Right, right. So I have a great appreciation for that. I have a, I have a great appreciation for that and a, a better appreciation now for Duel of the Fates now that I've seen those videos that are like, mm-hmm. Con on the Cob or whatever. They have. <laughs> this is what it sounds like, so you can sort of sing along to it. Right, right. Um, but yeah, that was there. John Williams, I must say, I mean, just in general across the Star Wars films, is great at the themes. I think every time I see a new Star Wars film, it feels oh. jarring at first, like hearing Ray's theme for the first time. It didn't feel like Star Wars because we've never heard it before. Right. By the time the movie is done and you've seen it wrapped into so many other packages to give us the, the, that as sort of a running theme, yet all these different scores for different scenes that convey different tones and use similar orchestration, um, it, it, it just feels like this is Star Wars and this is the tapestry of it. And I don't know that music that we've seen that's not been John Williams for Star Wars ever really feels quite that much to me. Kevin Kiner comes close. But a lot of times that's because Kevin Kiner is weaving it into existing Star Wars music mm-hmm. from John Williams. Right. Um, yeah. So, so was it a panel? Was it just discussing the music? Were they doing videos? You know, video clips with the music? Because I, one of the things I recently, yes, I know, mm-hmm. it's exciting. <laughs> one of the things I recently showed on a, a from the Star Wars Home Video Library on my YouTube channel is uh, I had gotten a sealed long package version of the Revenge of the Sith soundtrack, which has that DVD with it of um, a musical journey, which is Star Wars music with the clips with it, kind of like they did with music videos like for Duel of the Fates. Um, but it's for tons of different themes throughout Star Wars going through the prequels and the original trilogy. Um, so I'm used to thinking of it in those visual terms. Was it that kind of thing or was it straight up discussion with audio like was there a visual video component to it at all um yeah i mean yeah there was definitely almost like a slideshow with it um 
but it was more, I mean, you know, it was him with a keyboard and him sort of discussing um, sort of the, you know, like uh, different elements of it and, and, you know, maybe a little bit of the history of where um, some things might come from. Like, like basically, like, oh, this is kind of like Dira Zire. Um, I, I may have just pronounced that wrong. But anyhow, but, you know, point being just kind of just being insightful about the song and, and why it was a good choice for uh, the scene that it would be in. Cool. All right. So the, the other panel that was kind of a, a smaller panel, I guess you would say, that I attended that I really enjoyed was the making of solo panel, which, you know, I mean, I, I can't go into a lot of the detail because I feel like I would sort of butcher um, the detail from A, me not being the most knowledgeable about uh, some of the technical stuff mixed with trying to remember everything that went on you know in in the chaos of the rest of celebration but um i can tell you it was very cool of them to say hey here are all the new things that we did here's something we had to invent in order to make solo uh which i think is great because a lot of times i i'd heard in the past of, of talking about like oh remember when um you know ilm was constantly having to like push boundaries and and make new things uh to make star wars movies like why why are they not doing that anymore and everything? And it's like, uh, because they are, <laughs> you know, so it was nice to, to sort of get that and say, Oh, look, here's some places where they had to completely create something new in order to do it. And, uh, you know, we got to see stuff that like was really fun. They basically had to set up a track for the, um, you know, uh, the, the little land speeder that Han and Kira were driving in, you know what I'm talking about? At the beginning of solo yeah okay so they set that up almost like a ride i was like man i want to i want to ride that like are you going to put that in the disney parks because that'd be fun um but they had it where of course it was on the track and then it would actually move along the track and everything and of course there was like some cgi background and stuff um but then on top of that of course when he tries to um get down the the narrow corridor um, the ship or, or the, the speeder actually does, they have it on an arm where it will actually rise up. And it's funny cause you actually see, um, Amelia Clark's face and it actually looks like she is not <laughs> enjoying it whatsoever. Every single time they would do a take. So it was kind of fun. Um, so I, yeah, it's, I, I enjoyed that one a lot and I, I think those are always fun. The, the ILM panels, I would say, uh, if you attend celebration, try to go to at least one of those because you're going to get information there that you just really aren't going to get otherwise because they're not really putting them in the, uh, the DVDs or I'm sorry, DVDs. How old am I? Uh, Blu-rays, HD, you know, what's it? Uh, um, combos or whatever it is these days. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just, you're not getting it there. And they're also not filming these panels, uh, which I think is unfortunate. So it's, you're not seeing them on YouTube either. I'll tell you what I miss. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't see it. I, I figured I would have heard it advertised. So maybe they had it and I just missed it. But I remember, like, people remember the conversation in which they said years ago at a celebration that they were going to put Ewoks and Droids, the full series of both, up on StarWars.com to stream. Uh-huh. And then they never did. Mm-hmm. But the reason why I, I heard that, and, why, and I have a vivid memory of it because it, it was such a surprising bit of news, was that... They had a serious XM channel 
right. that aired nothing but the panels from Celebration while it was happening years ago, um, which was awesome. But I didn't hear it advertised or see anything about that sort of thing this time. Um, I'm assuming it didn't exist. Um, but that was always nice because not only did you – it was like with the video where you could you know, you know could stream it live or whatever. But you had another way of listening to it live wherever you happened to be if you were a, a Sirius XM type of subscriber. Um, and that kind of thing – I mean to me that was terrific. I would have loved to have heard something like this because this is the kind of detail I would have gotten. It's not necessarily something where if I was at the convention, I would have been like, yeah, I want to go to this panel. But right. if it's on the radio and I'm driving, I'm going to turn on the Star Wars channel and catch that and get those cool insights. You know, I'm not even right. sure if it's something I would have chosen to watch on YouTube. But if it's airing while I'm in the car, why not? Yeah, and and that's that's the unfortunate thing is like even with Celebration, you know, it was awesome that they extended it um, to where it was, uh, was it five days this time. Um, through the the sheer amount of content, and then also uh, scheduling, it's just it's hard to to go to everything. So it's, where it's almost like, I am really interested in this, but slightly less so than this other thing. So I have to, you know, I have to miss it. So, yep, I'm with you. I, I get it. I get it. That's why, like I said, I, I wanted to go to this one. There's a couple more. You know, they did some for I think they did uh, the ship modeling, uh, and then you know maybe one or two others that I would have liked to have went to, but I just did not have, you know, there was too much overlap going on. So, um, now the other one, and I'll, I'll let you kind of, if you have any questions for me or anything like this, but, uh, the clone wars panel, um, I, I got to see that one. So yeah. that one I watched. Okay. So you saw, cool. And they didn't. They didn't pull away or anything like that. They so. didn't pull any Mandalorian BS on us. We actually <laughs> got to see everything. Right. Right. So, uh, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? Because, uh, you know, I mean, it's pretty much it's all the same. Uh, th you know, there wasn't much difference the in team, experience yeah. for for what um, I saw up to what you saw. I, mean, I think I, I'm you know excited to see it. Um, mm -hmm. I've been wanting to see Siege of Mandalore for a while. Right. And uh, although it, it it is frustrating that even just from what little we got from the. Uh, the panel, it became clear that they've already screwed up their own continuity a little bit with it because of the lightsaber color of Ahsoka in what we saw versus the lightsaber cover color as described specifically in the Ahsoka novel, which was the one subject, the, the one uh, book that was actually allowed to show the Siege of Mandalore. Uh -huh. um, so that was kind of frustrating. So uh, what color were they in uh, the Ahsoka? Were they just green in Ahsoka? Uh, I'm trying to, yeah, I think it was green in Ahsoka, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, they call it. I think it refers to it as emerald or something. Mm. Um, but getting to see the clips from it was cool. Seeing how they sort of refined the look of the characters a little bit more, heading a little bit more towards a rebels direction than uh, you know they're carved from wood like the early Clone Wars looked. Kind of always taking that smoother approach as they go along. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. Actually, my favorite part of the panel though was not. The clips themselves, although those were cool, and hearing about what the other storyline is going to be outside of Bad Batch and um, Siege of Mandalore, that it's another Ahsoka thing, was cool. Um, but there's a point at which, and I remember, I always watch these panels for Clone Wars each time there's a celebration, if usually streaming it after the fact. And mm -hmm. I remembered back when Dave Filoni described the scene of Ahsoka walking in and Rex and them having the helmets with the markings and saluting her and everything. Right. Um, I remembered that being described and Ashley Eckstein 
crying you know to tears guess what because and she and she references that here that she's even sort of taken aback like she's remembering and referencing you know this was the scene that when you showed us years ago i cried and now here it is for real yeah um that was a great because it's I mean, I, I know she wasn't meaning it as a fan service type of thing, but it really sort of paid off, not just for those who've been following Clone Wars for a while, but those who've been following the panels remember that because it was a pretty mm-hmm. poignant moment to have that sort of connection to you know, the panels for the audience. Right. And then, of course, they showed, you know, the, the Bad Batch panel back at Anaheim, yep. which was, you know, the unrendered stuff. And I and I've watched all of those. Heck, I've yep. summarized them for the Star Wars timeline gold back in the right. day. So, so it's awesome cool to, to see now. that. Uh, Although interesting that the Crystal about. Crisis on Utapau, which is the other unfinished arc, um, we don't we don't get as part of this um, season seven. Yeah, yeah, in uh, finished form. Well, and then of course you know back at uh, Orlando they showed us the the scene from the Boba the Fett and um, and Cat, Cat Bane, Bane yep. fight, right? And so I, I was kind of hoping to see a little bit more of that, but who knows? I mean, the thing I, I will tell you is that with. Um, you know, with the the uh, Disney Plus, there's a lot of possibilities, and there's there's a lot of stuff they're looking at. Um, I mean, I, I can I, I've said beforehand, and and I'll say it uh, again here. Don't get too attached to the idea of the um, Benioff and Weiss trilogy, and don't get too attached to the idea of the um, Ryan Johnson trilogy, because right now. They are focusing very heavily. Everything they're looking at as far as possibilities of shows, the shows that they are definitely doing, all of that, it's all shows, right? Um, they're just just—they're not really considering uh, the movies at, at, at this moment. So, uh, And filmmakers don't tend to just sit around. I mean, granted, they may have something worked out. We'll see how it goes or whatever, but I'm just you know trying to let people know, hey, because I'm seeing a lot of people going, oh, no, these are happening. And I'm like, well, I mean, they're not, they haven't been canceled. And they're like, no, 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 they said they're, they're happening, they're happening. I'm like, all right, you get your hopes up, it's your own fault, <laughs> you know. So I guess I'm not, I'm not in the, the negative camp on that one. I think that they are still going to be made because otherwise they wouldn't have announced, they wouldn't have signed the contracts and everything. But, yeah, at the same time, it does seem like there, there was almost nothing about any of that stuff. Well, right, but I mean, like I said, uh, again, that that stuff like that happens all the time. Basically, until they're in production, you know, right. there's always the possibility that something's not going to to happen. You know, even if it was going to. Uh, I mean, look at uh, you know Guillermo del Toro uh, and Hellboy three, or um, you know, another one with him is the um, uh, um, the second Pacific Rim movie, like the the Pacific Rim two movie that he had set up and then what actually ended up happening are totally different um and you know like i said a lot of that goes by or you know it has to do with um his scheduling and and when the movies were going to go out and as things changed and got pushed and everything like that um stuff changes <laughs> you know so so just because even if something's officially announced um you know until you start seeing it coming together it's it's not a hundred percent the case, and and that's why mm-hmm. Star Wars actually announces things kind of late a lot of times, um, so that they say it and then it's going to happen. Uh, another one, I mean, look at the the DC movies. I mean, they announced like thirty different movies, and a lot of them 
they didn't so much cancel as much as they just stopped talking about. <laughs> so, um, right. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's pretty much all that I, I have on that. Uh, like I said, it's very cool seeing all those things with Clone Wars. Um, you know, the other thing that I'll say, uh, real quick, cause this is pretty quick. Um, even though it was, you know, it was on Monday, uh, the Phantom Menace panel, I didn't get, uh, picked in the lottery for this one, but I was thinking, you know, it would be something that I would, I would be able to manage just based on how close they were not actually checking, uh, the QR codes and stuff. And then, um, based on the fact that, oh, it's Monday, there's going to be a lot of people not there, yada, yada. I think this is one that I can kind of get into. And I just kind of had like a, a feeling that they were going to actually have a cool reveal that like they were going to really, um, reward the people who got in to see this panel. I was completely wrong. They, I mean, it was a pretty lackluster panel just to be a hundred percent honest. It, you know, I mean, it like, it wasn't a pure waste. I wasn't bored or anything like that, but I just, I didn't feel like there was a, a ton of insight or uh, even, you know, to, to be a hundred percent honest, it wasn't treated with, you know, the reverence and respect that I, I feel like this panel deserved, uh, because of the importance of the movie. I can picture you and some friends, uh, entering to go to that panel and sitting down and having that fanboys moment of dude, what if it sucks? <laughs> but for the panel. Yeah. It, I yeah. mean, like I said, I was let down and, and now here's another thing. Every single panel that had a lottery, because, you know, there were the four, um, both uh, the, for the, um, gosh, now I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, episode nine, we got a beanie. For um, Mandalorian, we got a poster. And for Galaxy's Edge, they gave away a t-shirt. So, by for the... For Phantom Menace, they gave you a refund. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. You know, just, just wanted to go back to that 1999 humor where everybody was bashing Phantom right, Menace. Right. No, I hear you. But but the point is, they didn't. They didn't give out anything. And and it's not even. Uh, you know, I'm not upset because I'm like, oh, you should have given me something because they gave a ton of stuff um, all weekend long. I mean, there was a ton of free stuff, and and that was awesome, and I love it. But not getting it for that panel when you got it for other things, like I said, like, like the resistance panel and stuff, I'm just like, wow, I kind of feel like you guys could have, you know, done a, a little more for this panel, you know, like at least give us a Jar Jar tongue sucker. <laughs> you know, I mean, like I said, it's not even the give us something, have, you know, have something special at the panel itself. You, you don't have to actually give us a physical item, but you know, it, it would be nice to have, you know, like it'd be very cool to get Ewan McGregor or um, Samuel L. Jackson or um, Liam Neeson or something. You know what I mean? Like one of the the main cast, I thought would have been cool. Or, or what's his name? What's his name? That what, guy. Jake oh, Lord? That, that George Lucas. Oh, right. Yeah, I thought, and that was the thing I said too. Is I'm like, well, I don't see why George Lucas wouldn't be here. He's he's gonna or be. Rick McCallum. He says yes to everything. <laughs> I mean, but I'm like, his wife is from Chicago. We know he spends a lot of time in Chicago. Yeah, the, George could totally show up. No, instead we got a um, uh, a portrait view shot camera uh, recording, or you know, a uh, phone recording 
of George. So I love it. George does that. Joe Biden did that for his announcement. It's, it's portrait mode for phone videos is coming back, man. It's coming back. It, it's Granted, so great. Mostly among old guys, but it's coming back. Well, and, and but the thing is that is so funny about it to me is, you know, George is the guy who's all about pushing um, technology <laughs> and everything. Cinema right. Portrait. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, in all honesty, now was was the background in the video that George get was it was it CG or was it natural because you know oh it was it was, it was, just, it was the wall of his office. Now was it a CG wall though? I mean, I mean, if it was, it looked very realistic. You know, the thing is, and and I'm not saying this is the case, but it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't an FU. You know what I mean? Like, if um. If there was like some sort of situation of them being like, oh yeah, you know, if you want to do a video or something or whatever, like we're not going to fly you out here to, um, to be at the panel or anything like that, but you know, just whatever. And he's like, oh, well, if you don't care that much, then I'm not going to put that much into it. Here you go. <laughs> here's, here's a quick video I shot on my phone in portrait mode. And again, it may just be that it's like, oh, George, you're an old man. You know, I don't know. So but, we should basically be glad that that it wasn't like bathroom tile behind him. and He wasn't <laughs> taking it on the crap or something. Right, or excuse right. me, the refresher. Right. So I don't know. Like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll quit uh, complaining about that. But I do think that's something that I feel like they should be aware of and, and should know that, hey, you, you really like it's awesome. I like the stuff that we're getting and I, I love the stuff that's coming. But show proper respect to the stuff that came before. That's that is my only thing with it. I, I don't feel like that's out of bounds or, or too much to ask. Which is funny because I mean, to go off on a mild tangent, I mean, one of the most asked for things. I'm the home video guy. I'm all kinds of about the home video mm-hmm. stuff. And one of the most asked for things is the original versions of the original trilogy, in particular. Right. Um, to be put out on either Blu-ray or 4K. I mean, really, even what we had in 2006 and 2008, those weren't actually the original unaltered versions. They were taken from the 1993 Definitive Collection Masters, and they spliced a good scan of the uh, uh, the subtitle list crawl for A New Hope onto the beginning of it, so it kind of looked like it. But that was, it was letterboxed. It was not a good quality, and it was DVD. Mm-hmm. But one of the, the biggest arguments against the idea that it could be happening is that, uh, you know, Lucasfilm at this point, particularly Kathleen Kennedy, they, they look at it as it would be disrespectful to Lucas's vision and Lucas's decisions before leaving, even though he has no active control over it right now, um, to put out any other version than what he saw as the quote-unquote definitive vision, which is those 2011 Blu-ray cuts, right. you know, um, which have now also been on DVD as well. Um, but it's interesting that you... you that that's that institutionalized respect for George, even though he's not around anymore, is making well, decisions on big business stuff like that. And yet, in something where they could very easily, very simply, when celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace, have actually shown that same level of respect. Well, and okay. had much less effort and much less money at stake. They didn't. That just seems weird. Okay, but do to you me want that they like they so it's, so it's like they skimped out on the panel, like it just was. It didn't feel like it was a celebration of of twenty years of Phantom Menace so much as maybe an acknowledgement. Right. Um. And and do you want the do do you want me to kind of state something that um will probably clear that up? And I mean, it's maybe it's a bit cynical, but also when you take all the things sure. into account, I'm like, this is what it actually is. 
So it's one of those things where it's like, oh, they're saying, no, we're not going to do that because of the whole thing about George's vision and all of that. That's bull crap. <laughs> like, like, I get it, you know, whatever. Um, but that's just lip service. The real reason was because at that point, they did not have the distribution rights. That's what it really comes down to. Yeah. That's true, and that, and now they've got the distribution rights. In theory, they could, yes, yeah. yes. So, uh, I, it's much more likely now, mm-hmm. definitely, I would say, than otherwise. Um, but yeah, that was one of their one of their rationales that they have provided. But you're right. Now that they have the uh, distribution yeah. rights to all of them, then maybe, maybe they could. Right. Um, we will see. But, but yeah, just just in terms of just the you know you have that sense that you're there's supposed to be this institutionalized respect. Then in this case, didn't seem like it was shown as much. But, you know, three years from now, we'll see what happens when we're at the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones. And then, you know, three years after that for Revenge of the Sith. So, right. Um, right. So at least what? Uh, Rise of Skywalker? Uh, we have Rise of Skywalker and Mandalorian, whichever one you Oh, want. Man- yeah, I guess this hit Mandalorian. Um, we talked about the stupid. I don't want to use the word stupidity. We'll call it uh, the, the <laughs> poor choice right, right. of making it so that you couldn't see the stuff at home. We talked about that, I think, last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but of what I saw, I was actually pretty impressed. I was able to actually see it eventually uh, online with people in the crowd with the cameras you know, and Twitter such. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but it looks pretty cool. I mean, it looks like it's going to be, you know, it. it I mean, you can't really glean too much from it. Right. But everything they showed has me fairly excited. It feels like, yep, this is going to be a Star Wars show. And it feels to me like... Like, when, like, put it this way. Like, when I look at the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right, I look at the stuff on Netflix, and I'm like, it's gritty Marvel, but it doesn't feel as much Marvel as the movies do. And then I look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I'm like, it feels more Marvel, but it's not quite as gritty. It feels a little more, not kiddy, but a little more family-friendly, ABC-ish. Right, ABC. right. Um, it feels like... Mandalorian is hitting a nice sweet spot in between mm-hmm. where it really does feel like Star Wars while at the same time being able to be a little bit grittier in its atmosphere. Yeah. Um, which just looks cool. And now they can also have a whole new product line out there of if you're going to have Chia huts, mm-hmm. now they can have a whole new product line of like a Kowakian monkey lizard jerky. <laughs> um, and they could sell like rotisserie porgs for Last Jedi and you got a whole new market opening up for meat sales from Star Wars. Why not? Right. Sounds great. I'm excited. I mean, hey, uh, uh, you know, especially uh, you can have, uh, you know, monkey lizard on a stick uh, that you can pick up while uh, walking no, you, around. No, you can't say it like that. Have you never watched Jeff Dunham? You can't call it just monkey lizard on a stick. It's monkey lizard on a stick. You oh. have to say it like the jalapeno on a stick. Uh, that sounds like too much work. So, uh, But point being, you can pick that up at Galaxy's Edge, maybe. I don't know. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Probably. Um, I was, one thing I did find interesting about, um, I think we talked about this last time. It, it all kind of is a blur. I know I talked about it on a, uh, a recent uh, YouTube mini Q&A video, too. Um, but it's interesting that they are releasing it in the same vein as the way they are doing uh, Discovery. Yeah, exactly. He mm-hmm. likes Discovery. Um, the way they're doing Discovery in that each week there'll be a new episode instead of releasing it Netflix, Netflix style where it's basically all at once so you can just binge it on day one. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that interesting, but it's definitely, you know, it's an obvious way to keep subscriptions beyond single month subscribers and then dropping off like my wife and I until this season had been doing for Game of Thrones with HBO. So, right. Uh, but in- an interesting approach, and I wonder if we're going to start to see more subscription services moving to that model to keep you hooked 
for a longer stretch of time. Um, well, you know, I so here's the thing. I actually, t- funny enough, uh, Tracy Canobio with uh, Lucasfilm. We we had the the opportunity to speak with her before. Um, you know, so this would have been, I think, Friday or Saturday one. I can't remember which one, but um, I think it would have been Friday. Uh, but we had to, a chance to talk to her Friday night. And she said that she wanted to know what our feelings were on, um, you know, like, hey, like, would you, she said, basically, she goes, would you rather it be a, um, like a week to week show? Or would you rather it be a, you know, just drop all at one show? And I, t- and I, like, I immediately, I said, I want it to be week to week. And she's like, really? And I said, yes, absolutely. I said, I want it to be week to week because here's my thing. Name one show that drops all at once that people seem to not just completely start bashing after the first season. Like every single time, everyone you take, you're like, oh, Stranger Things. I love Stranger Things season one. Stranger Things season two comes out. Ah, it was just garbage. It wasn't as good. The first season was way better. And it's like that with everything. Um, but then you have stuff like Game of Thrones comes out week to week and then people are just hooked on it and they're constantly talking about it i think that it's um i think you have diminishing returns when people are able to just drop everything all at once and are able to um you know basically just just watch the whole thing and then they wait for it to come out and then they just kind of take it all in all at once and everything and they you know they, they don't have to work for it they don't have to think about it they just get it and I, I think that when you um, have a week to, to process everything and to let it simmer and then also you know that gives you the opportunity to um, you know watch the episode like say comes out on Sunday night and then you're able to oh let's watch the you know let's watch last week's episode as sort of a recap and then when that's done all right now we're watching the new episode I, I feel like you're able to actually enjoy the show better so that was my take on it and so yeah. so you're saying that instant gratification is not as gratifying as anticipation i i think are, in wait, the long are, run aren't you a millennial in the long run <laughs> Just kidding. yeah um I, i've never i don't think i've ever noticed that phenomenon you're talking about of the people complaining about the second season if it is a non-week-to-week show if it's a, a a drop all at once kind of show but i do i do think that there is something to be said for the anticipation and the Almost like event nature mm-hmm. of the week to week type thing. Like my wife and I watch a ton of stuff, but a lot of stuff is just yeah, we'll see it whenever we get a chance to watch it on Hulu or on CW. And if it's Netflix, we'll just run it. You know, a couple nights, we'll just run through an entire season of something. Um, and we're still sitting here with like Punisher season two and Daredevil season three that we haven't even touched yet on Netflix that we keep saying we need to watch, but yeah, yeah exactly. we'll get to it. Yeah. If it's all there there's not that sense of there being any need to see it before the next one so you can converse about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Discovery, right? I mean, it's like, it's like, oh, it's Thursday. Sweet. You know, wait just long enough after it initially starts to premieres to make sure that your stream's not going to cut out on you and jump in and watch Discovery. And Discovery's kind of become our Thursday thing. And mm-hmm. Game of Thrones, same thing. Game of Thrones, if we don't watch it the night that it airs, we watch it the next night. But it's an anticipation for it and a desire to see it and know what's coming next. Now, we don't sit around talking about what might happen next. Right. But at the same time, 
it still stays in the consciousness. So like I, I can't even tell you the number of times I've I've made stupid, you know, you know, what do we say to the god of death kind of jokes recently mm-hmm. relative to Game of Thrones because I've had a week to just ba- or a week, a few days now to just kind of riff on that thing and eventually you'll be ripping ripping on other stuff. You know, you got to have time to make memes, right? Right. right. Um Yeah, and so yeah, I, I see it. I see it, but it's I I would argue that it's probably less for them about that and much more about keeping people hooked because there's a lot of people right right who just sign up for one month and binge a season after it's over of something and then cancel the subscription you know i know a lot of people are doing that for discovery um Mm -hmm. is they they need to make it so that the price difference for a year subscription is negligible enough and they have enough content that is attractive enough Mm -hmm. that people will actually sign up in the long term instead of doing month to month where they might drop off unfortunately disney plus with Marvel stuff and Star Wars stuff coming in the big Disney library. It sounds like that's going to have plenty of of yeah. offerings to keep people hooked and doing maybe the year long subscription instead. But oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can understand from a business standpoint why they would go with that model. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's I, I think just in the long run, I think you get more. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's a it's a better long term plan for sure. So, um, yeah. So I I mean, like I said, it's. Uh, it was unfortunate that they didn't show everything, especially I think that was a, a poor decision for something that, you know, when you're actually showing content that's going to be on um, your, your Disney Plus that you, you really want people to see, why would you not do that unless you just feel like, well, you're, you're going to... You're gonna get it anyway. You're gonna sign up anyway. But still, I don't. I don't. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's taking taking for granted that people don't need the enticement because the whole reason to show the clips is to get people excited and get people wanting to right, subscribe. Exactly. Yeah. Because then so it becomes not why showing it is asinine. Right. Yeah. Right. I I think that was a a major mistake on their part. Um, I wonder if that was a decision made by the same people who handled things uh, so poorly at the previous celebration in Orlando. Like, they're like, hey, Reed Pop, you think we should show some clips? No, dude, that'd be crazy. <laughs> Again, Reed Pop, because some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. But, um, yeah, like I said, it's very exciting. You know, we talked before about IG-88 and, uh, you know, back when we went through the uh, um, Shadows of the Empire game, right? And we talked about how cool it was to see IG-88 actually in action, that you, you get to go up against him, but he looked really goofy hopping around. Um, do you remember that conversation? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was it was so odd, but, uh, you know, we're like, okay, but eh, still fine that we're actually getting IG-88. Well, now, what I'm hearing is, and, and actually now that I've seen it, I'm like, okay, yeah, he does have different bandoliers. Uh, this isn't actually IG-88, it's IG-11, but we get to see him do this really cool, like, spin move of taking Stormtroopers out that was really sweet, yep. so. Which is which is a move from, was it Singer was the name of the guy, the droid character in uh, Clone Wars who did something similar? Um, I don't recall right off the top. Like of my a head. member of a, it's a member of Boba Fett's team at one point. But anyway, yeah, I mean, it looks cool. It's seeing again, it feels Star Wars. It's a right. different story, right. but it still feels Star Wars to me. And mm-hmm. I can't wait to see it in you know glorious 4K or regular HD, whatever mm-hmm. it is they're going to stream it in. Because again, because I wasn't there, and because they made the asinine decision to block the content. I mean. The only way that a lot of us have seen it is in those 
you know, camera in, you know, surreptitious <laughs> camera in the theater kind of recordings of it. Um, Look, man. So we haven't seen it in its cl- crystal clear, awesome glory. We've seen it in sort of the muddy, grayish, washed out tones of that kind of bootleg recording. Yeah. Look, um, I, I tried to get it as as nice and uh, you know get the picture quality as best I could, but you know, what wh- what can I do? I mean, I, I, it's, I, 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 I don't. don't know. I, I, I it was on a cell phone. All right, I didn't have time. On a cell phone for everybody. Yeah. So, um, but you know, another thing too, since we are a gaming podcast to mention, um, they had a flame trooper and it is the exact, um, look and styling of the flame trooper from, um, the force unleashed, which I, I've always loved that. What's that? Purge troopers too, from, uh, uprising. Okay. Well, I mean, I was just talking from the, uh, like the game, but what else? Uprising is a game, was a game. <laughs> it at one point it was. A, it yeah, was but, a microtransaction portal that was basically <laughs> a game. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Point being, I love that. I always loved the design of the flame troopers, and so to actually see them, you know, use stuff that made sense and worked, um, I love because the thing is, it's not just you know, a painted stormtrooper. Like it actually has some differences and it's not like just a, a monocolor, you know, like th- that is one thing that I'll, I'll talk about that I, I've been seeing that I've not been super fond of. Uh, and, and it's, it's existed uh, for years and years that they, they, they've done this where they're just like, okay, um, let's see, let's do like uh, a stealth ops stormtrooper, uh shadow trooper. Well, what does he look like? exactly like the stormtrooper but black you know i i like when they put a little bit more thought into the design so that that was something that i enjoyed about these where they actually have sort of uh you know paint schemes uh you know sort of similar to like how how they had uh, the you know the the schemes in uh the clone wars and the just just taking regular armor and making it different colors for different characters to supposedly be cool I thought you said you liked resistance. Ooh. Hey, man. Like I said, resistance does it. That is true. However, it ain't even close to the first one to do it. Uh, check yeah, out Swamp true. Troopers because that's a idea that someone Actually, had. The, what, the original version of that was, I think, the Shadow Troopers, which were the Black Hole Storm Troopers back in the, right. the Russ comic. Manning comic strips, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and like I said, from time you know, like I I mean, it sounds like I'm like hammering on the the Shadow Trooper. I think the Shadow Trooper uh, is definitely fine, and especially because you know when when it happened, it was only like a one time thing. But as it's continued to happen, it's just like okay, guys, come on, a little bit more effort. Let's just put a little bit more effort into it. And uh, like I said, the Swamp Trooper is by far the most egregious. It is a your typical Scout Trooper but with bright green armor instead of white. And it's just like, what? Why did someone do this? But they did. Um, past that, you know, that's, I don't know that I have much more to say. I'm very excited. I, I love that they um, had just let Favreau and Dave Filoni just come out and just talk, you know, instead of trying to have it, um, you know, themed in any sort of, you know, having some sort of a... Uh, uh, a host or anything like they didn't need that and um i i i enjoyed that uh 
you know that that set up much more and i liked um I, I really liked you know some of the stuff that that we got you know the, the seeing their their back and forth getting some of the uh, behind the scenes stuff about you know like uh, talking about Dave Filoni actually got to see um, Iron Man before anybody else and, um, yeah Favreau got to see Clone Wars before anybody else so it's pretty which, cool. which are both two thousand eight so yep. that makes sense yep 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 so now if you're if you're really excited though for Mandalorian you could go buy the butter Mando Lakes just get out (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah uh definitely look forward to that subscribe as soon as they freaking let you why won't they let me it's only like six months away six months yeah 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 that should probably be they're they're getting the last people through the celebration storyline i assume (laughs) There you go. All right. So um, there's really only two other panels to talk about, um, but it's more like a panel and a mention. Uh, but the the next big one, of course, and we've hit on this a ton, but is the, you know, what was titled then the episode nine panel, which was the one that I was super happy to get into because I, I thought this one, you know, with the, the lottery system might not get a chance to. Um and of course, as as we came in, they gave us uh, like little beanies, which was great. Um, and it actually has like the the Roman numerals for nine on it in yellow. Uh, and the, and it was odd too because they they didn't just hand you the beanie. They said something along the lines of like, "Oh, J.J. Abrams um, like got this for you" or something like that. Like something specific to like specifically saying J.J. Abrams. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like did he? Did he pack them up in his car and drive them here? Like, I don't know. It just seemed, it was just interesting how like that personal mention uh, when they were handing them out instead of just being like, here you go. Here's a beanie. Here's a beanie. You know what I mean? If anything, they should have had Lando handing those out, right? Here's a beanie, baby. That. No. That no. is. No. My mom. That my, is my, awful. My mom. My, my wife collects. Uh-huh beanie boos and beanie babies so all right so um we are done with the phantom menace panel we're out of the 90s man all right um all right that's fine that's fine um yeah uh, so yeah rise of skywalker looks interesting i i'll I'll say this and i feel like every i feel like i'm letting people down Uh uh-huh one, I don't do reaction videos because i think most reaction videos uh are kind of like like regular unboxing videos like they're just not interesting to me because uh-huh. usually with a with a reaction video, you don't get a genuine reaction. You get people who are hamming it up for the the camera because they want to get the views. Oh right, right. And course. if it's an unboxing, most of the time it's especially with this like a game or something. Look, here's all the components. I don't know what the hell they do, but look how neat they look. You know, there's no right. context for it within the game, so I tend to to steer clear of both of those. Mm-hmm. So people have asked me to, about you know, well, did you have a reaction video? No. I did not have a reaction. <laughs> but part of it also is that for me, teasers for Star Wars movies, generally speaking, don't usually get me very excited. Right. I need to see a full trailer to really get excited. Like I watched this and I was like, this is cool. Uh-huh. This is neat. That's it. Holy crap, that laugh. Right, right. But it's not like I'm sitting there going, oh my God, this looks so amazing. It's And I wasn't like that for Solo. It wasn't like that for Last Jedi. I mean, just give me something to latch on to a little bit more, I guess, because I feel like 
all that basically a teaser is these days pretty much is it, it, it's a full video version of a slideshow they could have just shown us still images of in a panel you know because right. it doesn't really have the substance for it so i mean i'm excited for it i'm eager to see it but mm-hmm. nothing really about the panel um really made me more excited than i was before which is not what i expected i expected especially with colbert up there asking knowing he's a fan right um asking the questions and everything that that would you know get me excited but uh just kind of left me sitting there like yep yep still feel exactly the same way i did before except i'm tired of hearing jonas come in with non sequiturs (laughs) it wasn't it wasn't so much him uh i would say oscar isaac was the uh the one who was the worst about it yeah, he was he was he was pretty heavy on it. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, it, again, that it didn't bother me. I'm not I'm not ripping on him. That's that's you. You're the one who's dead inside. Um, Wait a second, what? <laughs> I, I maybe I'll come back as a clone. What? Dead inside, coming back as a. So anyhow, you got your theory um, about Matt Smith coming in as a clone of Palpatine and everything like you talked about us last time. Yep, yep. And now apparently other people are latching on to that, and I would just like to say. I thought of it first. Remember that. And depending on whether it turns out, it could be a you're welcome or an I'm sorry later. So don't forget that. Yeah. So did, if you go, oh, my <laughs> God, the super shadow, bro, that theory was right. Remember me. If you're like, oh, well, they were wrong. Just let it go. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So so with this, I was already kind of liking a lot of the stuff that we'd seen because, of course, uh, they brought Billy D out, and I liked that they had mentioned something that I had. It kind of played on something that I had known beforehand, which was they had that uh, you know they had the new character uh, Gemma, I think is her name, or Jenna, something like that. Um, and Colbert asked if she was Lando's daughter. Now, typically speaking, that would just be. You know, like, eh, whatever. You know, had that been, like, an interview, like, while they're doing, like, the the interview circulation or whatever, you could just completely write that off. But this is something that's completely sanctioned by LFL. They know what questions are going to be asked. And, you know, they make sure that the the stuff that's asked is, is something that they actually want asked so that they can market it as best as possible, right? So the fact that they brought that up to me, says it is very, very likely that she is Lando's daughter. And the reason, like, normally I'd be like, oh, okay. I mean, even, even like, you know, loving Lando, normally I'd just be like, yeah, okay. But something for me personally that, that caused me to really like that is that um, back when um, they had just announced that there would be an episode nine, like there was no the script hadn't been written or anything like that no one had been uh tapped you know at least not officially in any way uh to be in the movie um billy d had said that you know like oh like what would you like for you know for lando in in uh, the upcoming episodes and he said he wanted lando to have had a daughter and that um that daughter was a Jedi basically, or, or, you know, I mean, force sensitive. Um, so, I mean, obviously her, if she ends up being his daughter, that doesn't mean that she's going to, to be force sensitive or be a Jedi, but I still think it's kind of awesome that, you know, if it becomes a situation of him sort of getting his wish 
in that. I, I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, and I could even see that, you know, this ends with a new Jedi order and that, you know, perhaps she is force sensitive and, and she's going to become a, a new Jedi. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just I couldn't help but say when you said that, when you said, you know, so the question was asked, you know, are you Lando's daughter? And we didn't really get much of an answer to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me of all of the, well, is Finn Lando's son thing? which at the time was heavily criticized online, where anything is criticized, of course, as being sort of uh, a, a, a microaggression. It, it was a racist. How right. dare you assume that the two black <laughs> characters have to be related just like with Finn? Only in this case, it is an official capacity asking mm-hmm. the question. So you would think that it's going to be a question that actually leads to something. Right. But right. if it turns out she has no relation to Lando, then... That's the same kind of connotation what? as the questions about Finn in the past that people were claiming, uh, by definition, had to be racist. Because, right, which they weren't, yeah. um, and and I'll say why. If if his like if Finn's name was like Finn, um, you know, uh, Air Strider or something. I don't know. Trying to come up with something Star Warsy, right? And they asked that. Okay, maybe you have a basis, but the fact that his name is just Finn, he has no last name okay, why are you not telling me his last name? Is it because he's related to somebody? You know, it was no, that... No, man, because he's FN2187. Well, we know that now. Oh, wait, it's FN, not FN. <laughs> right. But we know that now. But at the time, we didn't. So, you know, that's that was a perfectly valid and we don't know question to ask. Right. last name either, right? Right, right. Um, so there you go. So that, that's my... Uh, statement on that at least but um yeah so i I was excited about that you know i i I really like her she's i love how she they would kind of ask her questions and she'd just be like you know you could tell she's kind of nervous and didn't know how to answer everything and stuff and she would always answer she'd be like yeah man (laughs) like every time so i thought she you know she definitely had a lot of charisma um i i was i very much enjoyed getting to meet you know the cast and everyone except for Dio I don't care about that droid maybe maybe that'll change but currently he's dumb and he's just taking up screen time that should be R2 that's my opinion uh, like I said could change but so far that's what it is um, of course love yeah, well, I wasn't a big fan of, of, of Dio either wild one holy Dri- holy diver those were not really my, my my musical choices well I mean he just didn't sound as good as Ozzy when he took over in Sabbath it just you know it's it's not the same so um the other thing is you know kind of jumping ahead uh i will say also i loved billy d you know he he had one of the best lines and he's like oh he's like i'm so tired of hearing about um you know oh i betrayed han he's like let me ask you this did anybody die (laughs) you know it was kind of a great response to a question that wasn't actually even asked but you know no no nobody died and apparently the ice cream makers got out safely as well hey priorities man which explains why I can't get a decent cone around this place. Right, right. Well, hey, man, like I said, it's it's priorities, right? I mean, jump straight to that, and then we'll just we'll jump straight to the teaser. You said you were kind of meh, whatever on it. I Yeah, I mean, it was, it was good, but, I mean, it, it didn't change my – it didn't hype me up any more or less than I was before. Yeah, I would say if you – for me, if you take the laugh out, I would have just been – okay with it you know what i mean i'd have been like yeah i mean it's fine it i don't think that it would have gotten me excited in any way without the emperor's laugh um you know uh, it's of course you know everyone's like yeah but you love lando and i'm like i do 
I I did have a bit of a, a an issue with him wearing what um, you know seems to be just an exact copy of of what uh, Donald Glover wore, just because I, I I left it on the Millennium Falcon, baby. This is my first time getting it back. Yeah, I guess. It, it just to me, it's it's a situation of I can't help but think, okay, you're just doing that because you're trying to you're putting in extra effort to try to tie it all together. And I don't feel like that's necessary, you know. Like I like Solo. Um, oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't. It's, it's you want the design aesthetic to be similar, but you don't necessarily want an exact replica of the costume. There's like you know Han in A New Hope and in Return of the Jedi. There's a design aesthetic that crosses over between the two, but mm-hmm. it's not exactly the same. Yeah, right. I, I hear you though. With Lando, it'd be much worse if like you know if there's no such thing as space underwear as a as Carrie Fisher once referred to it. Um, <laughs> so it was the same thing, Commando, yeah. or maybe he just had the same underwear packed with the same outfit. You know, right. The same outfit he can just bust out of the closet. Sure, why not, as long as it's still in good shape. Although, again, it is very convenient. Oh, you're wearing the same thing. You must be from that Clone Wars cartoon. <laughs> right, right. And, I mean, I'm looking at it's not 100% the same. Uh, for instance... Donald Glover's has like a little black flap, whereas um, Billy D's just has sort of like a, a black uh, collar lining. Um, I can't tell if it's a black sash or if it's a scarf that kind of seems to be crossing. So it's not it's not a hundred percent the same, but it is like ninety percent the same. So whatever, I'll, I'll I'll let it go. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like it, would I've rather it to be a bit more different? Yes, but. I'm just glad Billy Dee's back in Star Wars and, and that Lando's back. So I am happy about that. Uh, but at the same time, everything quit mattering as soon as the Emperor started laughing. Because that is huge. I mean, that is... To me, that's, that's something that, like, n- no one saw that coming. You know what I mean? Like, there's just... who Who saw, like, them saying, oh... Um. Yeah, the, we're we're gonna wait here, and then just on the on the last episode out of nowhere, we're gonna bring Palpatine back and just you Tom know, tie Beach. it all up. Tom Beach saw it coming. Who's Tom Beach? The guy that wrote Dark Empire. Oh, that's true. Yep, that's true. <laughs> Which is um, part of where I got my theory for with the uh, clone, right? Right, Matt right. Smith. That, and then of uh, course, like I, I said, s- that leaked poster that showed um, First Order troopers that have, you know, Episode Three Clone War style visors. Hmm. Right. So now here's the thing. So you're like, it's it's an exciting, whoa, what the heck kind of moment. Uh-huh. But I have to sit back and I, I worry that we're going to get what uh, uh, Angry Joe, whose video reviews I tend to follow a lot, uh, what Angry Joe would call the you effed it up um, <laughs> type of moment. In that this could be either really awesome as a way to tie the saga together or really, really bad. Because... I, I don't know, like, I, I'm sitting back trying to think of all the ways that they could bring him back, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's just completely out of place for the sequel trilogy we've gotten so far. So it needs to be something that feels organic and really works. I can't I can't imagine Ian McDiarmid putting in a poor performance or anything, so I don't think that's the issue. It's just one of those, wait, what? But it's kind of like, to me, also the title, Rise of Skywalker. 
okay, well, Luke's dead, so he, he'll presumably throw up as, like, a Force ghost or something. Mm-hmm. But there's not a Skywalker among our main characters anymore, unless you're going to count Ben Solo as a Skywalker because of the bloodline, not his actual name. That should probably get Rise of Solo. So, like, I'm expecting something crazy, like, we're going to send Rey back in time, and it turns out that she's actually Shmi <laughs> or something. Um, wow. But That's, you jumped to conclusion. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just, just, just saying, there's, there's the title uh-huh. and the Palpatine thing are both the most intriguing uh-huh. and, oh, they could really screw this up or what the hell are they thinking type of, of moment. So for me, it's a vacillation. When I'm optimistic, it's like, I want to know what Rise of Skywalker means. I think that's kind of cool that Palpatine's going to be back. I wonder how they're going to make it work. But then in my more pessimistic moment, it's like, oh, they're going to screw this up. Please don't screw this up. Please don't well, screw this up. I mean, and it's weird because it's J.J. Abrams who did some really creative, interesting stuff with the reboot of Trek. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. Stayed pretty close to formula with Force Awakens. And now here he is coming off of a film from Ryan Johnson where a lot of the expectations were subverted and everything. And I don't know what to expect that JJ is going to actually do with episode nine. And it seems like this is all kind of a wait, what? That's what, that's the way I felt with most of the trailer. Like the trailer was like, Oh, this is all right. He was excited. Um, <laughs> like, Oh, this is all right. right. This is all right. This is all right. Wait, what? Like, it wasn't like an, Oh my God. Woo-hoo! When Palpatine laughed, it was a wait, huh? Right. Type of moment. Um, so I don't know. I, I, it's going to take the film or at least another trailer or something to give us more context for me to know whether that should be an exciting thing or a worrying thing or not. Well, I mean, in my opinion, you, you only have one direction to go, which is up. And, you know, the, I think that, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. The, now, granted, yes. There's there's a lot of different ways that they could go with the rise of Skywalker. I mean, one thing is you're you're kind of making a lot of assumptions with. I mean, like I said, you know, you said that uh, uh, well, Ben's the only living Skywalker. That may not be true. Uh, and and well, for one, it, it's it's not uh, because um, Leia is still living in in Episode Nine, but that still doesn't uh, right. mean her. I, I don't think it's going to be Leia. Uh, it would just be too hard to do. Um, I'm the Skywalker Rising, y'all. Yeah. Um, she already did her Mary Poppins thing. Yeah. I, I don't know how they would be able to, but then again, I, I don't know what all footage they have or whatever, but I don't imagine they have anything too spectacular to really make that mean something for her, right? Um, you, you know, there's, I, I'll say there's no um, guarantee that Luke is actually dead or that he won't return from the dead um i know a lot of you know obviously there's there's uh some people that are sort of cringing on that or whatever but there has had been a ton of um rumor that essentially it you know bob Iger had uh mandated that they uh they fix that that they undo the death of luke uh because of the um you know the fan response to episode eight now obviously like i said wow. that's that's rumor but that's rumor and you have a title that says the rise of skywalker so obviously we, we've got to wait and see what that means uh it could mean ray and it could mean ray in a couple of different ways you know a lot of people have talked about like maybe she'll um that skywalker will become the new force user i think that's super lame and lazy and 
like because at the end of the day it really means nothing other than just a, a title change like okay so you mean jedi no 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 skywalker oh okay well what's the difference uh it's you know it's this is oh, okay so it's jedi no i'm calling it skywalker no it's the same thing right it's just it's not there's just there's not enough there to make it interesting per se um there's also the idea that maybe she just because she's just ray she she adopts the name like as in um um uh, like remembrance of luke or you know in honor of luke Ooh. but that's yeah, like, like ray what's your name ray ray what who are your people i don't have any people ray skywalker what? Maybe the whole re- way that Han got his surname in Solo was designed as set up for Ray later, and I can hear him doing because he doesn't like that option either. Well, that's weird. I have no problem with Han's name, but I don't know how you would make that work with Skywalker. Because you like got here by like jumping down from a high place. It almost looked like you were walking on like the sky or something. That's, yeah, that's a stretch. This registration office where I need your name is on a high catwalk. You're, I, I think, I think you're, I think you're stretching here, buddy. Well, I was stretching just to suggest that she would take the name in a solo way, and somebody else would grant it to her. But you know, you just let me keep stretching. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like when yoga goes bad. Just don't let me stretch that far. <laughs> or when you're prepping for uh, baby gates. So, oh, oh, good lord! <laughs> Again, Baby Gate. Whoever decided that Baby Gates, when and I, and I was t- telling Michael this before the show, it's like whoever designed Baby Gates. They asked, "Hey, how tall should we make the Baby Gate for the door?" And their answer was, "How about nut high?" <laughs> Not good. Bad design choice. I'm going to injure myself going between the rooms. You you do remember though that that's that height is not the same height for me, right? Like that's just that's you. that's true. That's true. <laughs> I, so it's so it's short people. Right. I, I I see it. Maybe it's because there are children almost as tall as me, and it's meant to keep them out. So I'm not actually supposed to get over it at all. Maybe so. There you go. Damn. The the struggles that you you have to put up with. Uh, speaking Man, of the struggle of, is real. Yeah. Spe- speaking of, of of struggles, how are they going to bring the emperor back? I don't know, but I, I think don't know. It, but it it already it it begs the question though of whether he was ever dead. That's I mean because yes. I mean it, in theory if he's mm-hmm. some I mean Maul got cut in half and got tossed down a shaft. Mm-hmm. Palpatine just got tossed down a shaft. Yep. Right. Uh, Vader. Um, Vader was even worse. He had all his limbs chopped off and then set on fire. Was still around. Yeah. 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 I'm so. just thinking in terms of the Emperor though. Uh-huh. One thing that was always missing. Right. From from Jedi conspicuously missing from Jedi. Uh, when you look back on it, uh-huh. is that it seemed as though no one sensed the death of the Emperor. Luke dies back on Ach 2, Leia and Rey are sensing it, uh-huh. and so on. The Emperor, I don't know that we've had a story that actually pins down the idea that people actually felt him die through the Force in well, the story group's canon. But in I think the case, question would be... He could have been alive. But, I mean, sure, but... Um, my my question would be who would have been the one to sense it? Because I mean, uh, you you have uh, you know true who would? But I mean you I mean Luke. 
Well, but he was there. Could have sensed it. I don't think he would be like, oh, I sensed this thing that I saw in my own two eyes. What about Leia? Okay, so Leia, sure. She felt that Luke somehow survived, but didn't right. feel the death of the Emperor? Right, right. But then again, it maybe it was just a situation of like, did she want to, I mean, to say, oh, no, I feel it. I also, by the way, I also feel that, you know, the Emperor is dead, just in case you were wondering, like, okay, well, I mean, I, I kind of assumed I saw it blow up. I figured there was lots of people that were on it. I knew the Emperor was on it, but uh, thanks, thanks for just, the clarification. Whatever happens, I don't want to find out that he came back as Spider Palpy. Okay, none of the Spider Mall stuff with Palpy. Give I, us something that's a little more... I, realistic. Um, if he's pulled together parts of a, a body to fix himself uh-huh. with the force or something a la Maul as a spider, I'm going to be a little frustrated because that always seemed a little bizarre to me anyway. Mm. Give it something, because that was a cartoon, right? It's outlandish, but hey, it's a cartoon, whatever. I don't think general audiences are going to really buy into that kind of thing for Palpatine. So however he comes back needs to be something that is easily explained to an audience who doesn't know crap about anything else mm-hmm. and at the same time can accept it and move on so it doesn't become the sticking point that kicks them out of the movie for the rest of the movie. Right. So Which is why elaborate I... plots of how it could happen are mm-hmm. interesting but I'm not sure how realistic it is that they would do something that elaborate because they don't want to lose the audience. Yeah. Now, I mean, I heard... Um... You know, and again, this is rumor, so hopefully, you know, if somebody doesn't want to hear it or whatever, but because uh, I, I, I don't feel like it's it's too accurate, but I've heard, you know, like, oh, he's put back together with General Grievous parts or something like that. That seems to me, that seems so wild and, and just un, uh, undoable. I, I don't think they would go that route. I, I think, though, clone is something that you could show, especially if, if you're showing a clone army being made as well. Um, I think that's a way that you can have two different plot points uh, help explain each other to move the story forward. So that's why I think that's Mm -hmm. a very strong one. And it's something that we've seen in Star Wars before. So I I, I think that that's something people can easily jump onto. Um, There's also, you know, the possibility that maybe it works sort of as like a, a MacGuffin for the film that, Maybe it has something, you know, something that they're looking for or whatever. Um, I, I've heard people mention, you know, possibility of holocrons. I've heard um, the world between worlds, but not yep. uh, not in a serious conversation, though. Well, it, it, it opens the door to other characters returning, too. I mm-hmm. mean, in the first couple of sequel trilogy episodes, I mean, the theme was uh, we need to find... You know, we need to find this legendary hero because he's the one that can save the day. Now that it's Palpatine who's going to be the enemy, maybe this is the search for Mace Windu. And maybe he really <laughs> did survive being thrown out the window. So anyhow, yeah, um, there's that. Hey, and then there's Samuel also... Jackson has been wanting Mace to come back for a while yeah. and has been stirring up crap about how, well, George said he could be alive kind of stuff on Twitter. So it's possible. I'd... Unlikely, but you uh, know, well, it's about as possible as any of the other theories we're throwing around. That's the point. I mean, we're... Oh, I don't think it's nearly as possible as to go off of. We don't even have an official poster, do we? Because didn't that poster turn out to be bunk, turn out to be a, a fan made mock up? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It's um, it now it's it's not fan made because there's no way that a fan could have had those images. They all ended up being images that that were not. I mean, they were 100 percent. But it's not been officially. It's not been officially released. So, right. So, but it but it totally came from LFL. Um like yeah, like that's. I mean, it would be really weird. I'll, I'll say it this way: 
it's it's incredibly unlikely that a fan somehow managed to get a hold of these images. Um, you know, but at, at the very least, it, they were individual leaked images, right? Um, it's very unlikely that they got a hold of these images uh, that were leaked and then took said images and then collaged them together in their own poster. I, I, I say no way does that happen uh, because I think that a fan, if, if they were to get those images, they would just release them and be like, oh my God, look what I got. They wouldn't go, oh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make my own little thing out of this. N- no way absolutely no way that was that was a a poster um that was actually put together by someone at lfl does that mean it's going to be the poster i don't know i mean the thing is there's never really just like a poster it's multiple posters um so i I think that it it was at least some sort of a, a marketing image basically um but, uh, yeah, and then the last thing I'll say is, um, as far as, like, possibilities, is I've heard a lot of people mention the whole thing about, um, you know, like, with Operation Cinder, and I, I can't remember what they were called, but the little uh, droids with the, the Palpatine faces. The Sentinels, right? Sentinels, yeah. Is that what they were called? Yeah. Um, I, I've heard some people say that, but I, I, I've really been, you know, trying to smack that down every chance I, I hear it because... I say that one will not be it for one very specific reason, and that is surely ain't nobody that dumb. Um, you, don't, you don't say, oh, my God, look at this massive thing. Like, you, you don't say, like, oh, Led Zeppelin's coming to concert. Don't you want to come see this? And then you show up, and you're like, that's not Led Zeppelin. That's, like, some old dude who looks like... You know, or, or a group of old dudes who who look like the band members. Like, you don't right. Like, they, you, you don't, don't build the hype if it's not going to actually have something that matches the hype because right. they know mm-hmm. it's going to build hype. Right, right. That right. that is the fastest way to build, uh, you know, poor will with the fans. So I say there is no way that it's going to be a sentinel. That's just lame and something that they've already kind of done. You know what I mean? Like. It that's like if the Sentinels kind of, you know, uh, executing his plan um, thirty years later. Well, we already saw the Sentinel like executing his plan a year later. So it's it, there's just there's nothing new and fresh about that. I I say there's no way they're that dumb. Yeah, I would say that it's more likely than a flashback than something where it's not him in the present you know like if it's if it's going to be in the present it almost would have to be him to justify Mm -hmm. the way it's been presented and the hype that it's building um but i would say a flashback could also be likely i mean at least it would be him as him as opposed to being just hey let's have some sentinels right right but again i think i think that's a I could see it being a little bit more of a possibility, but I still want to believe that they're smarter than that. Um, yeah, it would, it would still disappoint and anger some people, absolutely. Right, right. So, I mean, that's that's all that we have on that. I mean, the only other thing that I just wanted to kind of hit up is the, the closing ceremony, which was, um, you know, it was kind of brief, and it was more of just wait around for an hour for them to tell you where the next uh, celebration is going to be. 
I mean, that's... Um, did you guys wind up being, I know last time you were, at least in Orlando, you guys, you and your wife wound up both being in the video in costume for like the the closing ceremony. You guys weren't in it this time, right? I didn't catch you. We, we weren't in it this time. And, you know, I mean, that's that's to be expected. We, we weren't in costume this time. We just did not. Ah. It, it just felt like a lot to try to um, throw on top of, of doing everything for uh, going to to Chicago. Although I, I had considered it. But just because uh, some of my my costume pieces aren't as um, they're not as like permanent, if that makes sense, that um, I, I need to do a couple things to to make sure that they're going to be more secured. Um, and because I've just not been able to to get around to making that happen yet, um, and by that I mean Christine hasn't done it because she's the one who knows how to sew, not me. Because um, <laughs> well, you guys flew, so you would have had to have packed them for flight as opposed to at Orlando, you just drove, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We we actually flew this time. I mean, I, I could have packed up um, my costume in um, like a carry on, but I just. I just didn't want to. It was just it, it's it was a lot of excess work, and um, like I said, it's I'm not I wasn't a hundred percent happy, or like I'm even currently I'm not a hundred percent happy with um, the state that the costumes in. I, I want to do some changes for it, and I thought I'll just wait um, until I can get you know some of those changes taken care of, and then I'll uh, I'll wear it again. So hopefully I'll I'll have it at Anaheim, um, and I can you know fly that uh, fly out there and just have it as a carry-on or no i'm sorry not as a carry-on but as a um um you know have it checked and, and we'll go that route but um we'll we will see and then of course like i said with uh th- that that panel they they did announce where it's going to be next and it is actually anaheim so i guess i i guess i jumped the gun there but yep uh 2020 anaheim which guess what guess who predicted it this guy um, and I mean, which like most of my predictions, I try to use logic instead of just like throwing something out there. Uh, and, and my reasoning was, yeah, it's going to be Anaheim because galaxy's edge. Um, and sure enough, that was the case. So, um, I, I think also 2021, go ahead and expect to see it in Orlando. And I am totally fine with that because mm-hmm. if we go to another one, um, it'll be and, – and again, this is one of those things where I, I said – it's exactly like I said. You know, The further away we get from Orlando and the annoyances of Celebration Orlando, the more positive the memories will be and the more likely the never again, we'll only do it once type of mindset will start to fade. Right. Um, but the idea of maybe doing it uh, with Cade, you know, he would be at a point where by then, I mean, he's still not old by mm-hmm. any means but it might be easier to travel with him for that such that kind of thing or to to leave him in the care of like my sister-in-law or someone for for an extended period of time when he's not as needy as he is as um as young as he is right now that sort of thing um i do think that thanks to galaxy's edge celebrations have just got exponentially more expensive for people <laughs> because it's not for many Star Wars fans it's not going to be we're just going to go to Celebration it's going to be we're going to go to Celebration and go to Galaxy's Edge and that's right. going to up the cost quite a bit well, I know that at least for the early days for um, the opening of Galaxy's Edge um, I forget which area it is they've already uh, killed online reservations for Galaxy's Edge or tickets for Galaxy's Edge yep. for anybody who's not also staying at 
the Disneyland or whatever it is resort mm-hmm. yep. because of so many people trying to, to get in early. So I figure for us, give us a couple years. That'll be right around the time we might want to do that. And heck, that might even be when we finally try Galaxy's Edge. Because for me, either of those being soon, it's just not in the cards for us. But I know that you, you're you much more diehard about the celebrations than, than I think I will probably ever be. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is good, because I get to hear the anecdotal stuff, and I get to send you on merry chases for items that Fantasy Flight Games <laughs> Fs up. Yeah, because of course you... It's like, oh hey, how's your celebration going? Oh, it's fantastic. Hmm, how can I, how can I throw something in here that will that will get you upset? It's, that was my only like irritation it's, from celebration. It's all about the M's, man. You are Michael Morris, who is my minion when it comes to celebration. Well, next time, just without being like yellow and bean shaped. <laughs> That's fine. Well, like I said, next time. Send me on a, on a task I can actually complete so I don't get all mad. Well, I thought you could complete the task of getting the freaking Imperial Assault thing, or the Legion thing. Although now I guess it should be a good thing that you weren't able to find it, right? I think I said Imperial Assault earlier, but Legion. Mm-hmm. Now it should be a good thing because I'm saying screw it to Legion. I don't want to put the damn things together anyway. So, hey. Yep. Yep. Although I could have sold that off and, and, and bought Cade clothes for like three years. <laughs> three years? No, not three years. No, it's three months. It's probably more like three months, but yeah. still. So yeah, it's the principle of the thing. Right, right. All right. Well, you know what? We've been going for like two and a half hours now. Uh, so yep. let's don't I know it? Sitting in this office that gets hotter and hotter as the sun comes in through the window with no shade. Oh, uh, you got to get yourself a little uh, USB fan like I got. It's awesome. Well, I've got a fan. I got a big ass fan right next to me, but I can't run it while we're recording something. Well, if you had a little USB fan like I have, then you could, and no one would hear it. That quiet. Oh, it's nice. Yep. Ooh. So anyhow, uh, <laughs> I know where sure. we're going, buddy. We're going to Walmart. <laughs> All you right. You don't have to change clothes. You can go like that. Everybody else does. Yeah, that's Walmart. So, uh, with all that said, that's that is our celebration coverage. Um, I guess we're going to release it as you know, two hours and forty minutes. Um, and um, yeah, we'll we'll do our our next episode soon. But until then, you can always find us at, uh, you can just send us an email at cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought about our celebration coverage. If you have any questions, you want to know, hey, Nate, I was there. So um, as someone who wasn't there, what was this like? Or if you're like, hey, Michael, I wasn't there. As someone who was there, what was this like? You know, whatever, whatever questions you have, it doesn't even have to be related to celebration. You can ask like, hey, why is Fantasy Flight all of a sudden wanting to treat their, their, uh, their customers so poorly? I, I won't have an answer for you, but um, it's a good question to ask, I guess. Uh, or what the hell is Lando Lakes? <laughs> or what the hell is Lando Lakes? Um, but Most people are probably out there wondering what Lando Lakes is. I even barely remember those commercials. <laughs> So anyhow, uh, you can also just you can find me over on um, Twitter. It's just at Morris Isley. And then, of course, we have the uh, the show Twitter, uh, which is uh, Cloud City Casino. And then there's the Cloud City Casino Facebook page. You can find those. Hit us up there. Uh, iTunes, any of the other podcatchers. Five-star review that you have written out, preferably. those Both of those are great. You don't have to do either of them. But, I mean, you know, if you're going to leave a review, make it positive and Say something, say something nice so that we can read it and thank you on the air. I'm Nate. positive they suck. <laughs> Not Nate's brand of positivity. Uh, everyone else's brand of positivity. Nate, 
where can people find you? I will do the short version. If you want to find uh, my book, A Saga on Home Video, check Amazon. If you want to find my YouTube videos, of course, that's youtube.com slash chronoradio. And if you want to find me on Star Wars Beyond the Films, that's at starwarsreport.com uh, and iTunes and whatnot. Sweet, sweet. And until next time. Let the Wookiee win. <laughs> hey, don't you make fun of me. He said, my, my... If, I, if I didn't do that, we would lose like half the content of the show. <laughs> That's true. We but might. then again, we might could actually get it in under an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's so, true. It, it has its pros and its cons. <laughs> it reminds me of back in the days of uh, Republic Forces Radio Network where they had to basically tell me... Stop it! <laughs> Stay on topic. Stop it! Yep. Uh, and I got a little better. Right. <laughs> Somewhat. Maybe one day. I'll... Michael just lets me run free. Hey, man. I'm. I am not one for uh, trying to harsh anybody's buzz or, you know. I run free right up until I hit myself on the baby gate. That's right. <laughs> I figure you have enough obstacles in your way. I don't need to be another. This party's over.